They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it. Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, mouth. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. How you like me now? How you like it's me a now? festive feeling. We know what the holidays are all about. We try and do our part. We get festive early in the week. And, well, if you already have knocked out your work on a Friday, you can get going early by hanging out with XL Primetime at Bold City Brewery. And we're stoked to be here. In fact, we'll be here back-to-back Fridays. And Bold City Brewery, I always tell you guys, it's the oldest brewery in Duval. And we're right here on Roselle Street in Riverside. The production house, they are cranking right now. You can look out there and you can see all the barrels of goodness. Uh, And then they got the taps. And we'll be telling you all about them uh, as we go along today. But real easy to find if you're coming in Mm -hmm. off of I-10, Stockton. You can find Roselle. Uh, But definitely drop on by Bold City Brewery. We would love to see you. We are minus Matt today. He had laryngitis yesterday. He was chased off by Billy Napier. Mm. uh, And then he begins his vacation uh, today. So uh, we've got so much to get into. News coming out of uh, Everbank Stadium. So let's begin with that before we get into all the kind of the surroundings here. Mia, the fact that you were able to tweet out immediately that Trevor Lawrence has been cleared to practice with no restrictions, and that was the biggest thing of all. Yep, so I believe this is either stage four or stage five of the NFL's concussion protocol. Uh-huh. Um, Jamal St. Cyr of News for Jax is pulling it up and walking me through it, and I'm not familiar myself. Um, but obviously part of that return to play requires you to be a part of practice. Okay. Doug Peterson saying that they're going to give Trevor as much as he can handle today. Obviously they're not going to push him too much. So I'll be curious if you know by day's end they list him as a full participant or a limited participant, but probably the biggest source of confirmation of will he play, will he not play, was a little bit later in the press conference. Um, Doug was asked if it's a coin flip chance of Trevor playing on Sunday, to which he said, I think it's better than a coin flip chance. Uh However, obviously, it's a pass or a fail when it comes to the concussion protocol. So it will be a little more black and white, but he said in terms of a coin flip 50-50, Maybe it's, you know, 55, 45, 60, 40. He didn't put a number on it, but he said it's better than a coin flip chance. But, Leon, you always hear, like, a a little bit of vagueness from from Dougie Fresh, and that actually I think is – I I like the sound of that. Well, it's just encouraging, the fact that he's on the field right now. It just feels more like Saints week, you know, the whole issue with the Saints and the ankle and everything, wasn't sure. It was a game-time decision. It was going to determine how he – how he warmed up was going to be the determination whether he was going to play the game or not. But the fact that he's out on the field is mm-hmm. encouraging because you know what the goes concussions protocols. If there, there's a certain amount of testing that you have to pass before right. they even let you on the field. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's on the field, maybe limited, maybe full go, not sure. But that's encouraging if you're a Jaguars fan that Trevor is back on the field. Yeah, and get him to where he can be part of the walkthrough, part of the game mm-hmm. plan, all that stuff, and then they'll travel tomorrow, and then they'll make a decision. And, but, but, look, we all know how big this game is. Okay, all of Duval, you know it. Uh, how bad do you want it? We talked about whether or not you put it, you put your, your quarterback at risk. I don't know. I, I think if he passed all the battery tests, mm-hmm. he's, he's – I mean, this well, dude has proven he's a tough he's Oh, tough listen, kid. he's a professional. Yeah. Oh, okay, because, I mean, listen, the, the Friday practice is essentially a walkthrough. Yeah. All right, because you travel the next day. It's essentially a walkthrough. So, I mean, try, nothing, he's not going to have to do anything really physical, you know, maybe some draw. I'm pretty sure that Trevor's been getting mental reps, all mm-hmm. right, in the film room, watching the defense, breaking down the offense, all that kind of stuff. He's a consummate professional. So, the fact that he can practice today, 
maybe a little walkthrough, maybe a little speed up stuff. Mm-hmm. They just want to see where Trevor is uh, motor wise, you know, as far as dropbacks and stuff like that. So the coach is going to keep a good eye on him for and the next couple of days. I think you bring up a great point there, Leon. Trevor has been in the building the last two days. Mm-hmm. Robert Sala ruled Zach Wilson out this morning at the Jets press conference. He, he hasn't been in the building. C.J. Stroud has yet to be in the building mm-hmm. since that concussion he suffered almost two weeks ago at MetLife Stadium. They've been advising those two players to stay mm-hmm. home as part of the concussion protocol and their return to play and their return to full health. Trevor's been around the building. So, obviously, mm-hmm. we knew from the jump that this was obviously trending in a more positive and a faster acceleration than those other players because, mm-hmm, yeah. obviously, every concussion is different. Yeah, that, that's, what's, that's what's encouraging, the fact that Trevor's been in the building. He's been in the meeting rooms. He's been breaking down the offense, breaking down the defense, going through the game plan for this week or whatever. Right. Now, if he wasn't in the building, I was like, it, it's a wrap. It's, it's, he's not going to play because, you know, essentially everything that goes in for preparedness for this game, you know, Trevor has to be a part of it. So the fact that he's been in the building all week is is something that I look that, that makes me feel happy. All right. We are at Bold City. We always like to do bold predictions. Uh, we'll have bold facts as we go along today, but Bold City Brewery, they would love to see you if you want to drop on by, take advantage of, uh, you know, the great surroundings on a Friday leading up to Christmas, the tap room, and it is chock full of all the choices that you expect here. Mad Manatee, that was the, one of their original IPAs, the now Bold City IPA. Of course, Duke's Brown Ale, that was their original uh, crafted beer that they put together, and they got so many other ones, the 19. 19- 06 Red L, which I hadn't seen on the menu uh, before, at least not in a while. Anyway, it's back, so there's so many other good ones that we'll be telling you about as we go along today. But honestly, kind of give us your you know, your bold prediction as far as what you think will happen with, with Trevor. Uh, does he play? And then that next important question, how does he play? Because mm-hmm. if we go back and we think about <clears throat> what happened after that shot, okay, balls were sailing or hitting the ground offline inaccurate uh and it, it's not easy he's pressing just a little bit already mm-hmm. and then now to deal with well, another well, injury well, just this thing about how how this team responded with trevor had that ankle issue and had to go to the saints yeah uh, this team the, was, knee injury. the knee injury yeah. knee mm-hmm. injury we had that knee injury when we had to go go play the saints this mm-hmm. team responded offensive line didn't give up any sacks we were productive with protection was solid, and that's a tough environment to go. You go into that the, the, the I call it the Superdome. No, yeah. the Steelers call that. Yeah. We can you still go, call yeah, it that. Yeah, yeah. You go into the Superdome with all that loud noise, and you got a quarterback with an ailing knee, and you give him protection. Trevor lit him up. So yeah. this team has got to respond the same way. He's not going to be a hundred percent. I don't care what anybody says. That concussion mm-hmm. is, he could play, but it's still going to it's going to linger. Right. It's it will linger. So this team offensively, even defensively, needs to respond. You know, to keep kind of Trevor intact. All no, right, don't so, put all the pressure on him is what I'm trying to so say. So let's hit some of these, at least what they did this past week. Mm-hmm. We know that Baker, Baker was, he was perfect in pewter, okay? Perfect in pewter, 158.3 passer rating, four scores, 381 yards. He just went nuts. Rashad White had two grabs that totaled mm-hmm. 50 yards. Take a look at what Chris Goodwin was able to do. Chris Goodwin was going off Godwin. last week. Scott uh, Godwin. Uh, Ten catches on 12 targets, 155 yards. And so Godwin was definitely – you know, what he hadn't necessarily been doing, he did this past week. Mike Evans is continuing to do what he's been doing. That's getting the end zone. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weapons that this well, team's got to account for. Well, I mean, what's the, what's the status on Tyson and Cisco coming back? Yeah. Doug I, said that they had a, both had a good practice yesterday. He's optimistic. Okay. Well, we're and gonna they do need expect them. Brenton Strange We're going to need one well. of the two. We're going to either need those two back there covering or we're well, going to need a pass rush. Okay, let's, let, let's, um, we're going to – 
look at me and read the tea leaves, okay? Mm-hmm. Was he more confident when he said better than 50% for Trevor? Or was he more confident when he said, you know, hey, there's a chance that those two can play? Because if, you, if we're mentioning – Honestly, Trevor. Yeah. If, if you want my honest take, yeah. it was Trevor that he sounded much more optimistic mm-hmm. about. Okay. I mean, he, he just said that, you know, like he kind of went on a little diatribe and was like, yeah, you know, they both had a great practice yesterday. Still some things we're looking at. Um, but I would say I'm optimistic mm-hmm. about both of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so, look, they need to come back because the, we're talking about the battery of weapons. Kate Otten's another guy that has mm-hmm. been able to get in the end zone, okay? And this defense, look at what Isaiah likely did the other night, okay? He was able to make big play after big play, and they also churned up big yards. Baltimore averaged six yards per carry on the ground, mm-hmm. okay? So all that stuff, they got to get a handle on it and figure out where they're going to strike because this team has averaged – over three touchdowns per game, but they've gone quiet in a couple of big ball games. They need to figure out how to get in the end zone. And then if they can do that, then maybe we can get a little pass pressure on old Baker. Yeah, I mean, both, you know, one hand feeds the other. The Jaguars have got to be more of a ball-controlled offense, converting on third downs, mm-hmm. time of possession type. Of, because if, if, you, if you, especially on the road, if you're going three and out on the road, the defense is going to get tired. Oh, yeah. Absolutely going to get tired. So, you got to be more out, whether it's Bether, whether it's Tre- Trevor. You've got to be on the road. You've got to be efficient in third down conversions, ball control, time of possession. Give your defense time and rest because if they are in that field, mass majority of the time, having to cover and having to rush, they're going to get worn out. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened to them against the Ravens. Right. Being, they got worn true. out. Being true. in the locker room yesterday, that was definitely the vibe I got mm-hmm. from this Jags defense. That they, They're tired because they mm-hmm. did their job, or at least they feel like they did their job for three quarters. And was, we've talked about all week, it's woulda, shoulda, coulda, sure, certainly. But if Dewan Smoot brings Lamar Jackson oh, down and that takes them no. out of, you know, such a touchdown play. opportunity, I mean, it's yeah. an incredible play. You tip your cap to Lamar. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But – What's crazy to think is, let's say he brings him down there. Yeah. Then you're literally looking at a 10-7 ball game heading into the fourth quarter. That's what you want. Yeah. And so, and so that's the thing is you can't rely on that week to week. And I'm not saying the defense is going to have a repeat performance of the Bengals and the Browns games in which they just couldn't stop the run against this, you know, this Bucks team. But for me, they are less of a concern for me than it is the Bucks defense that still has so many pieces from that 2020-2021 Super Bowl mm-hmm. team that, yes, I know they're a little bit older. I know Carlton Davis got absolutely lit up by C.J. Stroud a month-plus ago, and that was kind of his big coming-out party. Vita Vea was a full participant in practice yesterday. Mm. Devin White, a full participant the last two days. Mm. Expected to be back from that foot injury after That's being uh, inactive on Sunday. Yeah. Those are some big marquee names that, yes, I know, maybe they haven't had the seasons that they have in years past. Yeah, but that's three levels of their defense that right. are very, very important. I heard Logs talk about this yesterday uh, with the Jaguars <laughs> uh, and the Doug Peterson show is that you know, they're going to have to try and wear out Vita Vea. Okay? And Vita good Vea, luck. Good Vita, luck. Yeah, good yeah, luck. Versus Luke Fortner, bro. Yeah, that's okay? what I was saying. Good luck. I mean, hit that because that right there is one of the greatest concerns. That's your ground game right there, right in between the middle. And Vita Vey is a load. Yeah, he all is. right. And, and if you watch, if you watch Fortin over the last couple of weeks, especially last week, it was more telling against last against Pierce last week against the Ravens. Yeah. He just gets overwhelmed. He gets overwhelmed in pass protection. He gets overwhelmed on run blocking. If if, if you've got if you can't handle the nose effectively somehow, mm-hmm. then. I don't know what you do. I mean, he's going to have to do something. I don't know if he did extra squats this week, mm-hmm. uh, put some weights <laughs> in his pocket. the Bay is a grown man. Yeah, he is. He I is a grown what. man, but absolutely grown man. The moment I saw that dude get drafted and I watched him play a little bit, yes. I was like, oh. He's a handful. Since Hang you brought on. up, though, Leon, the Saints game. The mm-hmm. Saints game, and again, this may have changed, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't. 
that was the game in which Trevor got the ball out quickest mm-hmm. of any game this season. Part of that was the knee. They had to scheme it up that he got mm-hmm. the ball out quick. I would think, minus the rollouts, which I think are instrumental if you're going to pick your four or five best plays that you do well and try to lean into those. So Aside from those rollouts to Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, hey, we got Vita Vega coming right up, the, right up the gut. Let's get the ball out quick. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you, if you, especially if you're sitting there can't handle the guy in the middle, you got to roll out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing you don't want Trevor to do is just be a sitting target in the pocket. You want to roll into the right. Only thing about that, I mean, I think we were a lot healthier receiver-wise back then than we are now. You know, so, I mean, the, the crispness, crispness of the routes with Christian Kirk and all the other guys were playing. Trevor could get the ball out, but you, you've got a lot of inexperience now that you're going to be playing with the receivers. Mm-hmm. And you got to worry about them running Chris Miles. you got to worry about them getting separation. And that that's that's going to be troubling. Trevor, cause he, because Christian Kirk is so precise and all that kind of stuff with his route running, Trevor can get the ball out of his hands. Evan Egan can get the ball out of his hands. But you got you got two new receivers now. That, you know, he might have to hold on a little longer. Well, and that's true because you – and by the way, there was a little criticism as far as the, the, the core <clears> that they had getting separation. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things have to change, an uptick in performance from all you – know, we're talking about all the guys. That includes Trevor, mm-hmm. even though Trevor's trying to come back from concussion protocol. And we're going to call him a, you know, a warrior and a savage, and we're probably going to you know, put some, some uh, descriptive terms next to his name, like, mm-hmm. you know, this guy's not missed a start and he's balling to get back there. But he also needs to make sure that he can make more plays – and Calvin Ridley needs to be on the other end of these because uh, you know uh, a hurt or limping Zay Jones, you can't count on him now. It's mm-hmm. not going to be part of the equation. And so it, Evan Ingram, you want to take a look. How about this? You think about what has happened in a number of key areas for this football team. Going into the year, you said, Josh Allen, where is he going to be? Not quite sure. Where, he's in the top five in sacks. Mm-hmm. Okay, Evan Ingram, where is he going to be? He's in the top three in yards with the tight end. Mm-hmm. You go into the takeaway department. They are in the top three in takeaways. I mean, on and on and on with what players are doing, but they need to be doing a little bit more right now. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up Zay Jones because that was the one player that Doug Peterson sounded very doubtful about playing on Sunday. And, you know, he stressed just like our doctor, Dr. George Barry, always says with hamstring injuries, it's a touchy situation. Mm -hmm. If you think you're good, wait another week. Zay has been working off to the side with trainers, and so obviously he's progressing. But he said they probably want to be safe with it. And it's a knee on top. It's a hammy on top of a knee. Yeah. You know, I, n- I never had a hamstring pull. Really? I, I never really? Ran, I never ran that fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now when you when you were showing them the you know that guy your hand. Oh yeah, yeah. That's where you had the oh, bicep yeah, yeah. and some of those other yeah. problems. That's for sure. All right, hit the text line design by lifetime enclosure six four one ten ten. What bold prediction do you have for Sunday? What will it take uh, for this football team to win? Uh, love to hear what your take is. You can also go to YouTube. Search 1010XL. You can look right inside Bolt City Brewery's tap room. We are hanging out here uh, in this nice little corner spot. they got the beautiful bar, actually inside, outside, warehouse bar, inside the tap room bar, and a ton of taps. Uh, so drop on by. I already heard from one of our dudes, uh, one of our nooners, that says, you know what, I've had it with my work. I'm, I'm wrapping everything up. I'm heading your way. So come on by on Roselle Street. Real easy to find us. Now, we need to talk a little bit about what's going on with FSU and, and you know, just kind of get an idea of what came out of the meeting. Uh, but the board, and we played the soundbite with Gibby earlier, is that they're looking at the idea of opting out. And, and, and you know, we don't have Matt here, who normally is all over these stories, uh, to try and chase it down. But 
this has been an ongoing, a little bit of a, a pout from FSU to get out of the ACC because of the lack of money that they're getting their revenue stream from the Atlantic Coast Conference versus the other conferences is poor. There's no getting away from that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you always hear Matt preach grant of rights and where are they going to go. Those are the two things that we've always heard. I love our guy, Brett McMurphy, by the way. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe we are forgetting him. I know he's a yeah. busy man today. Florida State University Board of Trustees versus Atlantic Coast Conference. FSU opens as a three-point favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and I, I told you guys right from the jump, as soon as they were denied, they were going to use that as, as leverage against this conference because an unbeaten Power 5 team gets left out, and we all know why. It was because of an injury, but they were left out, so use it as leverage, and now the Peter Collins, he's the board chair, says that the board's been, uh, let me see from one of the textures, left with no choice but to challenge the ACC's grant of rights. We've exhausted all possible remedies within the conference. We must do what's best for Florida State, not only in the short term, but also in the long term. And this is where we get into that conversation. If they are to crack open a case where they have some leverage against the ACC, you better believe there will be other schools in the ACC that will be taken. Oh, all they need is a loophole. Yeah. Just find one loophole. I kind of hope they do find a loophole, to be quite yeah. honest with you. I, 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 I do. I mean, do you know what this feels like? Between the power fires, this feels like a beauty pageant, and the ACC is miscongeniality. That's what it feels like. Every, we're, the, we're the ugly we're the, we're the one. Yeah, the ugly the ugly uh, pageant pageantry. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, listen, Florida State, has a right to gripe that you know they want to win on the feet a power five in the power five conference and they weren't allowed in, in, to play for a championship mm-hmm. you know i mean but they, the bylaws in which the committee committed where they could sh- show discretion if you have an injured player that may affect the, the the outcome of you playing in the championship game and then y- you don't go i mean yeah i mean i mean did, did all the power fives agree upon this this it's one thing that was put in the bylaws by the committee. I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah. I, I just Because I, if they did, then they don't have any reason to gripe. Right. I mean, Jordan Travis, if he was healthy, they'd be in. He's not. Well, he that's and that's the bigger question is we know Florida State was already flirting with this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they had been accepted into the college football playoff, it's would going, this lawsuit be happening today? It goes away. Yeah. It goes away. Uh, Absolutely. I, I suppose. I suppose <clears throat> it does. But it, it, this is just one, a source that says uh, they originally planned to file this law, their lawsuit against the ACC in early 2024. The snub accelerated. Mm-hmm. The quote is the su- snub certainly accelerated things a little bit. I love how you get a quote, but it says a source. So it doesn't. <laughs> you don't get to attribute the quote to anybody. Mm-hmm. But I get it. And if they're going to try and hammer home the idea that the ACC isn't what it was and doesn't have uh, the clout uh, when you compare it to the SEC or the Big Ten, uh, they yeah. might as well play their hand. Now, the other half of this is where the hell are they going to go? Yeah. Who wants them? Who's willing to bring them in and pay them all that money? Is the Big Ten going to well, do that? Well, no, because they've invited a bunch of other people to their party, and the SEC just made. Well, here's the reason why that. I mean, it doesn't have any legs. To be quite honest, you didn't. But what half? But five years ago, Clemson was in the the same ACC competing for the same title and one and one. Yeah, I mean, so I mean. If if we, if we had no history of any team out of the ACC playing for a championship, mm-hmm. I think they would have strong legs. Yeah. But but right now they got sea legs because Clemson has won the championship twice. Yeah. Is yeah. participated <laughs> in it about three or four times. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. That's in, I, I would just say that that, that kind of excludes their argument. And obviously Clemson hasn't won a football title in a few years yeah. since Trevor Lawrence was their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Part of the ACC's argument, which they just released their own statement in response to the lawsuit, 
is that the ACC has won the most NCAA national championships over the past two and a half years while also achieving the highest graduation success and academic performance among all FBS conferences. So they're trying to toot their own horn to that. Right. They also say in this statement, quote, we are confident that the grant of rights, which has been honored by all other universities who signed similar agreements, will be affirmed by the courts and the conference's legal counsel will vigorously enforce the agreement in the best interest of the ACC's current and incoming members. Mm. All right, so we'll keep an eye on it. They're Ju- digging their heels in. Yeah, they're mm. going to try. They're going to try. All right, so hanging out, Bold City Brewery right here in Riverside, Roselle Street, the production house. they got the menu cranking. They can serve up a great lunch, cold beer. You know you love your taps when you look at any of them that you want to sample, IPAs, stouts, pilgrims, whatever it might be. Drop on by and say, hey, Bold City Brewery right here in Riverside. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Christmas is almost here, and Christmas came early for one Joe Coward because this is his ideal aesthetic to broadcast from. Bold City Brewery. I'm just, like, looking out right now. I see a a beautiful brick bar. I see plenty of shining faces with Jaguar apparel on. This is your heaven. Yeah, it's like I wasn't born on a bar stool, but I may want to go on a bar stool. You know what I mean? And so the 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 idea of just like you know being able to look at all the craft creations that they've made here and they've done it since 2008 here at Bolt City Brewery. And you guys know that I'm an IPA guy all the way. JJ is an absolute nut for Duke's Brown Ale, and mm. that that was their original. You know, named yeah. after the boxer that they had way back in the day. So anyway, Brian and all of them, uh, uh, they, they got a cool setup here, Joe, and of course downtown. Joe, I could totally see you only one of these places. Oh my gosh! I, I really mean, this good. looks like this, his this basement. Is yeah, yeah like, this, I, I, listen, I've been to Joe's house. It, yeah. it, it looks awfully familiar. Well, it's so funny because I'm I'm thinking constantly about an outdoor kitchen, mm. and I want to have the brick up the back of yeah. it. You know, because I almost caught the house on fire, and you can you can see the evidence of that. And then this night. Nice little brick on the bottom, too, to set up your bar area. I love yeah. that, man. That Absolutely. is cool. Uh, so we'll be here this uh, today and then next Friday, uh, and we'll be doing the Friends Show next Friday. So if you want to drop on by, we'd love to see you. Uh, but make plans, Roselle Street and, of course, Bold City downtown uh, when you're heading to the last Jaguar home game coming up hey, uh, New Year's Eve. that'll be 3 to 6 next week, yeah. Josie. Yeah. So for those of you who don't believe in drinking 12 to 3, which right. it's Friday, I don't yeah. think there's any rules. That's but, on you. But yeah. then don't worry, you will be here for happy hour, <laughs> yeah. so that's exciting next week. Also, when you think about it, we will kind of be the post-game show of sorts to yeah. the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl between Clemson mm. and Kentucky. Yeah. And so what better way, if you're already downtown, just jet on down. I, I drove from the stadium to here this morning, and it was 3.2 miles. So head on over and have a brew after the game, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the, the neat thing about it, like the heritage of, of Riverside and everything that's, that's kind of happened in this area, it's just neat to see it. And more and more people will get on, you know, on the streets walking as opposed to driving little by little when everything happens with the district and everything that's been proposed. Uh, but Riverside definitely has flourished o- over the last decade of time, that's for sure. All right, 641-1010, you can hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. You can also go to YouTube. You can find us in the tap room here at Bold City Brewery. You can just throw a comment there. JJ, real easy for them to do that. This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! And I got to ask you real quick, uh, because Tom Champion, uh, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra was uh, in the arena last night, and he cranked out a little what he described as heavy metal Christmas instead of Merry Christmas, metal Christmas. Uh, Did you play that one uh, rip from him? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And so Jeff Scott Soto from Trans-Siberian Orchestra uh, with We Wish You a Merry Christmas. So if you want to think of any rock and roll songs, like you have all your ones that you love for Christmas, and it's not like screaming rock or anything like that, but if you want to throw one at us, you can hit the text line at 641-1010 and give us your great uh, rock and roll Christmas songs. And if it's uh, not rock and roll, but you're still looking for Christmas with a twist, Mm -hmm. apparently the lead song to start Jaguars practice today, which Trevor Lawrence is on the practice field in case you missed it, Mm -hmm. as he progresses through the concussion protocol, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by DMX. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, we'll take it. We'll go ahead and serve that one up. Vibes. JJ, yeah, JJ the DJ will we'll be able to find that. Uh, all right, so let's just talk real quick about what happened last night, and then we, we need to look around the rest of the National Football League. Uh, and the, basically the playoff picture, those teams that are trying to lock things up. Uh, you go to last night, the Los Angeles Rams are playing some good football, mm. all right? And I, I, I heard this theme that was thrown out there earlier today that every coach in the NFC South will be fired by year's end. We'll get into that. but We the, actually have a that yeah, on yeah. that. If, okay. If, if we want to hit it, uh, yeah. uh, JJ, because no one's been fired. Oh, there it happened. Is. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No one has been fired just yet in Atlanta, but for mm. you fantasy football players, uh, you're going to want to hear this one. The Falcons have been fined $75,000 and head coach Arthur Smith another twenty five grand for violating the NFL injury report policy prior to the club's Week 7 game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, of course, was when B. John Robinson, who mm-hmm. had expected to be active, was on the active roster and then mysteriously did not play at all. Mm-hmm. And so that explains his lack of snaps during the game. Yeah, that uh, was another one of my losing prop bets because I put Bijan in a bunch of them thinking he was going to be able to rock and roll against the Carolina Panthers. Not. And, of course, now we look at Bijan's numbers since that Week 7 game, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. obviously he had some sort of medical injury. He's barely seen the seen a, this seen past a field, week he did not. That's barely for sure. gotten the ball. I mean, I know this week, obviously, in particular, but I feel like – as a fantasy football owner of Bijan Robinson, I can tell you it's just been night and day, Leon, from the first six weeks of the season to now. And so, obviously, you know, once again, the NFL is going to hold teams accountable. If a player has any sort of injury or injury designation, you need to report it. There's no getting around it. Well, I mean, what's been his diagnosis for why he's not playing? I mean, I mean, have they leaked anything? Have they, they said reported? he's not holding on to the ball. Oh, it's, there, that part right solely performance. So, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so it's a, he's healthy scratched. Well, it, it kind of gets me to one other thing that I'm going to be and moan about a little bit <clears> is <throat> the fact that Parker Washington was picked, I don't know, somewhere around 185th, something like that, in the sixth round. Puka Nakua was drafted 177th overall. Mm-hmm. He was taken in the fifth round. Yasir Abdullah was drafted before Puka Nakua was drafted. Okay, when you think about that, this guy has just been unreal. Okay, so you're uh, p- you're pivoting yeah, from Bijan. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, I'm just resetting yeah, us. There. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, like I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about like another. Okay, words, well, I thought we were still on Bijan. Yeah. So. No, 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 because Bijan's a rookie, and mm-hmm. I believe me. It, what what drives me crazy is rookies that either are making impact or not making impact. Mm-hmm. So then I went from Bijan thinking about what Tank ain't doing, and then it took me to what Puka is doing. Mm-hmm. And last night I looked at it, and he is 177th overall. Bijan, if you want to stay on that, how about Bijan Drake? and Kyle Pitts, three top ten picks that were selected for Arthur Smith to try and turn things around in Atlanta. Okay, number four overall, Kyle Pitts out of Gainesville, highest ever drafted tight end. Drake London, we know what he was supposed to bring and what Bijan was supposed to bring, and they haven't done it. And Arthur Smith is probably going to be one of the guys 
that's going to be kicked to the curb at the end of the uh, end of the year go to Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints and what they didn't do last night. They were pitiful last night in, in Puka and, and all of them. By the way, Cooper mm-hmm. Cup losing just a little bit of his He's edge. losing a step. He's losing just, a step. Just a, little just a little bit. Just a little bit. And Puka's stepping right up and yeah, stepping in and taking right taking uh, that, that <clears throat> spot or that mantle away from him. And so the whole, you know, some total of what I'm talking about and being in Monin is that You've got to get contributions out of your guys, and you need guys to step in immediately and make plays. And we have countless examples of guys that are drafted fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds or undrafteds Mm -hmm. that are coming in there and making plays and making their mark. And and this football team fiddled around with Tank Bigsby in the third round, and it should not have happened, and they have not gotten out of him what they need to get out of him. And as a result of that, ETN's been probably beaten up a little bit more than we really know when we go back to, what is it, well, three weeks ago with the ribs? Well, does he get enough touches to get beat up? Because <laughs> the Jaguars don't give him the ball. Well, that, that, I mean, okay. if you look at – you, <laughs> you make a good point. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you look at the game last night, we were yeah. talking about the Rams and how efficient they were, yeah. man. They can run the ball, too. They, yeah. they got, they got a second-year second yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. Kyron Williams. Kyron yeah. Williams out of yep. Notre Dame. If you look at the last three games that he's played, he's got at least over 20 touches. Yeah. He's got over 100 yards rushing. Yeah. And he's averaging somewhere between, well, four and, he's having somewhere over four and a half yards yeah. per rush to complement Stafford, who was efficient, yeah. who had two touchdowns and no turnovers. I mean, I'm not saying that the, the, the Rams are, are, are going to compete for a Super Bowl, but I just tell you this. You may not want to play them in the first round. They look a little they, dangerous right they now. They look a little dangerous and, right and, now. And the other thing is, is yeah. that Matt Stafford, for his part in this, mm-hmm. because we were kind of bagging on him a little bit last year that they were going to go ahead and pave the way for a Caleb Williams, for somebody else to yeah, come he, in there. Yeah. Obviously, they're not going to get anywhere near that. But uh, I'm trying to think of the total number of games. Bottom line <laughs> is he is operating right now at a 14-touchdown, one-interception yes. number. Yes. Is to, it over three games? I, I said to Leon, I would like to issue a formal apology mm-hmm. because it's 12 touchdowns to one interception. Over no, as of last night, it was 14-1. Oh, it's 14-1 yeah. yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it was 12-1 and one coming in. Now yeah. it's 14-1. and one. I said to Leon as we sat down here at Bold City Brewery, I would mm-hmm. like to issue a formal apology, a public apology, to Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, my biggest concern and why I thought that they may be tanking for Caleb Williams, keeping him in Los Angeles, was because I had questions about the health of Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. the health of Cooper Cup. This was a roster, Leon, that people forget when it was a 90-man roster was 45 rookies and 45 veteran players and mm-hmm. NFL record. That is where my questions lied. And so if the Rams do make a run in the postseason, Sean McVay should absolutely be considered for head coach of the year nominations for awards mm. season because what he has been able to do with these young players, molding and meshing them with the Matthew Stafford's and Cooper Cups, who has the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures pointed out, probably dropped two touchdowns last night. What he has been able to do is severely underrated in the context of the 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, we, we often forget because of, of, of this – that this team last year struggled. It was 5-11, and 11, but just a year before that, they were in the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. And you, and you, well, you got to remember that you got you still got that same clientele. Yeah, you lost some key components. But I saw Aaron Donald last night. He's still Aaron Donald. He's still mm-hmm. unblockable mm-hmm. one-on-one. You know, that guy, I mean, so, I mean, you, you, when you've got that kind of pedigree still in the locker room, you know, I know everybody thought that they were going to be tanking for for Caleb, Caleb Williams because of Matthew Stafford, and you could he was he was hurting, he right? Was hurting. So, he wasn't I mean, healthy. All he wasn't last healthy, year. absolutely. So I mean, but this team, um, what I saw last night, and don't, don't get me wrong, it's the Saints. I mean, 
but and they're struggling. And but you listen, you can't control who you play. You just you can control how no. you play against them. And that's the other side of this, Leon. I woke up this morning and saw the final score, which is not an indication of the beatdown that this was at the end of the third quarter. The Saints mm-hmm. scored 15 points in the final frame. You look at the Jaguars' eight wins. I was thinking about this on my run this morning. Two of those wins were over the same opponent, the Indianapolis Colts, so seven total opponents, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Colts and the Texans, as we know, are in the playoff hunt, mm-hmm. and they have wins over both of them. They have two over the Colts. From there, the five teams the Jaguars have beaten, the Saints – we saw how that went last night. The Steelers, we've seen yeah, pitiful. how futile that uh, that yeah. operation has been over the last few weeks. The Falcons, we already alluded to the dumpster fire that that is quickly becoming. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills, good football team, mm-hmm. arguably the best mm-hmm. team in the National Football League right now. And I'm missing who's mm-hmm. who's the who's the other opponent that I'm missing that the, the Jags. The Texans. Been? I said yeah, the Texans. Yeah, yeah. The Colts. I'm missing who it is. Steelers, Saints. Steelers, Saints. And then they beat, well, they beat. Oh, the Titans. Yeah. Who are already eliminated. Who are already eliminated. So do with that information what you will, because now when we see who some of those teams the Jaguars beat early in the season have become, does that make you question not the validity of the win? Because obviously, you know, the Jaguars won those games for the most part without any, you know, question that they were the better team. Well, it, it, but it does. But in terms it, of the strength of those victories. Yeah, you can't help but say, hey, who have they beaten? That that, that can be a standard question. And, and you know, you forget. But, it, it's a W or an L. I totally get that part. Yeah. But it is who you beat. That does matter. But, but but it's not the Jaguars' fault that the teams they beat didn't live up to the expectations right. going into the season. Not their fault, but it's also a telltale fault. sign. Hey, absolutely, because if you look at it, what you just re- uh, relate to, mm-hmm. uh, they've only right now if the playoffs started, right now they've only beaten one playoff team. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's not in. Texans aren't in, Titans aren't in, Saints aren't in. Only team that they beat really is the Colts. That, that's, that's right now seeded mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's so funny because if you look at the Colts, the Colts have now gotten on a nice little five mm-hmm. game, five out of six wins. The team they lost to, oddly enough, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the same team that this team uh, lost to to begin the three-game losing streak. But the Colts also lost to the Saints earlier in the year. 38-27, to 27, mm-hmm. which is still kind of crazy. So we know it's an up-and-down league. We know that it, 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 everything. every time you think you know something, something else happens. I totally get all of that. But at the same time, this team against the marquee teams, who have they been successful against? Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills right now is the one that you could say they, that they were because mm-hmm. Buffalo's still very much in the hunt, maybe the hottest team right now. But they were able to beat them. They weren't able to do it against the other marquee teams that they faced, beginning with that, the Kansas City Chiefs game, followed by the San Francisco 49er game, followed by the, the Ravens, and, and you, can, you can throw the Bengals up there. They should have beaten the Bengals mm-hmm. on a Monday night under the lights with Jake Buster Browning, but they just they weren't able to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what somebody on the text line just pointed out. Thank you to 766. As much as we're criticizing the strength of the Jaguars' opponents in their victories, if you look at their six losses, the mm-hmm. only one that they soundly lost, there was no question who was the better team on the field, mm-hmm. was the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. In the other five losses, the Jaguars had a fighter's chance. Mm-hmm. It, and if not a fighter's chance, they had the game in control. 
Well, even this last game, they played well enough to stay in it through three quarters. They mm-hmm. played well enough. They held Lamar in check at times in the passing game, but they still rolled for over 250 yards rushing. As much as we want to say the defense did do their part to stay in that game, they still let that team roll for six yards per carry and over 250 mm-hmm. yards. And so we know where the where the weaknesses lie, and we know that maybe this one loss was attributed to that one mm-hmm. uh, either player or, or position group. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but it, there's too many of them. And, and Doug Peterson, he obviously knows this, but now he's got to come up with a recipe to win. Yeah, it was like a prize fight. The Ravens, they stuck and move, stick and move, stick and move. And then when they were supposed to in the fourth quarter, that's right. when you get a team. You wear them down with the run game. That team was wore down. You having to chase Lamar Jackson for the last three and a half quarters, huh? And then you did the running game. You start pounding with the running game. Your offense is not efficient. Three and outs turnovers, whatever, mistakes they're making or whatever. Now you put the defense back on the field. Yeah, the Ravens had a recipe for them. They had absolutely a nice recipe and for them. By the way, let's, let's at least transition as we're talking about the Ravens and, and, and go to some of these other big ball games. We're talking about the Dolphins and the Cowboys being one of the big ones this weekend. The Ravens and the Niners is really going to be a huge five-and-a-half-point line, I think is what it is right now, but just a huge indicator. Like right now, I think most people would pick Niners over Ravens. But what if Baltimore can go in there and pull off a dub? Well, we said Monday Night Football record. We mentioned it earlier yeah. in the week. The, They're currently <coughs> riding a seven-game streak in which the underdog has outright won, which is a record. Mm-hmm. See, I'm a firm believer that the Niners, every time you think they go and just wipe the floor with them. They do. Cowboys. Oh, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a heavyweight matchup. Blow for blow. Wipe them off the map. Eagles. Oh, Eagles. Yeah, you know, at the at the crib. And, yeah, the Eagles at the hosted. crib. Yeah. First quarter, they had didn't score any points. Next six possessions, touchdowns. Ravens, everybody's talking about, yeah, this is going to be a battle. Of the t- I believe the 49ers are going to wipe the floor with the Ravens. Oh, okay. A little, the, they, the, no, the Ravens, they send messages. Okay, that's a bold Cause, prediction cause here. Everybody, everybody right. you send their way and you say, oh, this is going to be good and they, this team can stand up with them, they destroy you. A nice preview to our picks coming up a little bit later because I think that game, uh, JJ, will be oh, in our yeah. will be among our picks. Um, I do want to hit of that real quick and quick flip back over to the college front and you Gator fans out there. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. First reported by 247 Sports, later confirmed by a couple others, including the Orlando Sentinel. Florida starting cornerback, Jalen Kimber has entered the transfer portal, um, which there are quite a few Gator fans happy about that one. He, of course, is a former top recruit who began his college career at the University of Georgia. Yeah, so and, and we would always joke, okay, uh, Georgia cast off. Uh, if he leaves Athens and goes somewhere else, was he good enough to play for Kirby? Well, he played a lot in Gainesville, and that defense just had so many – holes in it and he certainly was one of them and you can go down the line with some of the guys that were supposed to come in there and roots another one of the secondary the five star from img just guys did not come through and make enough plays and now they have a couple defections when it comes to the coaching staff and we're going to find out what they you know what they ultimately are able to do to switch things up defensively uh but i think billy napier with the presser some of the sound bites that we played uh yesterday from uh, early national signing day yeah he's just trying to to corral uh and 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 corral the positive chemistry and get rid of the bad chemistry because there's a lot of people that are throwing darts over there and he's got to figure out how to kind of write just basically write the ship and keep everybody 
pulling in the same direction. So if you take Kimber out of the lineup for the Gators, you know Jason Marshall headed off to the National yeah. Football League. Jaden Hill would be a redshirt red senior mm -hmm. unless he enters. From there, you would be looking at a true junior in Devin Moore, a true sophomore in Jordan Castell, a true junior in Miguel Mitchell, a true sophomore in Jakeem Jackson, a true sophomore in front of the program, Sharif Denson out of Bartram Trail. Mm -hmm. I'm, and then you got a bunch of other true sophomores as backups too. It's yeah, once again it, a young group. And so the question is, and I think that this is a larger question, Leon, that maybe you can speak to. If you're Billy Napier, I would think you know you're treading on, you know, little choppy waters right now. Do you say I'm going to make sure the guys I have develop, or do you say I need to go in the portal and find guys that have an instant impact so I can win ball games right now? Well, what has been the, the, the keynote for Billy? Billy is going to do Billy. And what Billy's been doing is using his guys and trying to develop. You know, we, what was it, last year? He, he was playing with a lot of young guys last year, especially on the defense side of the ball. I just believe Billy's going to be Billy. I believe that – and, and what did Matt Hayes always say? Stubborn coaches get fired or something. He said something to that degree or whatever. Listen, if he's going to go down, he's going to go down rowing his boat. Well, I, I look I, – I feel like, okay, I got to believe what I believe and make sure that I prove that I'm – you know, that I have the way, the recipe, the formula, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But in a two-year amount of time, he has been embarrassed – and so I think he probably needs to either like kind of the old come to Jesus meeting that says, you know what, I thought I had the formula. I thought I had the recipe, but I don't. I need to look for other people to help me. Now, you can, you can say, hey, I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to stay with what I've done, and, and I'm going to get fired like that. The other half of that is Jimbo went out and got Bob Petrino. So we actually said, you know what, I need to change. He went and got an OC. He still got fired. So there is no exact, you know, exact way to fix any of this mm -hmm. other than going out and recruiting your fanny off and calling better plays on game day. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you to 874. Miguel Mitchell has entered the transfer portal. Noted also that Jason Marshall hasn't declared yet. I know Matt Hayes is off today, but, mm -hmm. I mean, you tell me, Joe. Like, yeah. I would think if you're Jason Marshall – you you gotta go to the oh, NFL yeah. trap, do yeah. you not? And, and by the way, and I I, I can't uh, think of the exact number, but if you just look around the National Football League, there are a handful of former DBs wearing orange and blue that may not have been the best there, but they've got jobs in the National Football League, and some of them playing meaningful snaps. And so yeah, Marshall was a preseason one of the SEC, maybe second team, something like that. And he's still going to have the measurables and all that stuff when he goes to the combine. Yeah, you, you are wasting time spinning your wheels if you don't do it. One other note from the college front. This is outside of Gainesville. Um, but it's an interesting one that I think could speak to a national brand and their rise once again. Uh, Mike Dembrock, the offense coordinator for LSU, has informed Brian Kelly that he is headed to Notre Dame to be their OC for Marcus Freeman. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Riley Leonard, given what we saw with Jaden Daniels? Obviously a different skill set, but obviously Marcus Freeman is pushing all those chips in the middle of the table, Leon. Mm. We already know he's also <clears throat> recruited through the portal a ton of big wide receivers, mm -hmm. including Chris Mitchell, the Mandarin product out right. of FIU. They're, they're trying to load up in South Bend. Mm. There's no question about it. He's got an intensity level, mm. and he's got drive and purpose and all that stuff that you want to see in a head coach. He may not be you know, matching which with Kirby or any of these guys just yet, 
but he's got a plan, and he's got that. He can get those guys to buy in. That's for sure. Yeah. Does he have a Jaden Daniels in Notre Dame? Well, so he's got Riley <laughs> yeah, Leonard, Riley. and that's the question. No, okay. I mean, Riley is Riley Leonard – I mean, we saw him against Clemson Scamper for what, like a 70-yard yeah, touchdown? he can move. He, he yeah. can move. He's not oh, yeah. Jaden Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, – Yeah, he's a big kid he with – yeah, a good skill set for sure. All right, speaking of a good skill set, Bold City Brewery, because they got all the flavors, tastes, and stuff that you like to see in a tap room, they got them all covered. So drop on by Bold City Brewery, Roselle Street in Riverside. This is the production house. You can enjoy lunch. You can enjoy one of their Duval lights, the Killer Whale, the Mad Manatee, the Dukes, whatever it might be. Drop on by Bold City Brewery, and then if you're planning that next trip downtown, definitely check out Bold City downtown as we'll have a bold fact coming up from them. Broadcasting live from the tap room. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blissin, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Come on! Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer had a very shiny nose. Uh, and if you ever saw him, you would even say it close. Come on! Come on! All of the other reindeer. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. <laughs> you can crank it a little bit more, Jason. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Christmas cheer comes in all forms. That's for sure. We got a little Christmas cheer going right now. I'm going to give uh, Brian a little bit of a shout-out here at Bold City Brewery. Yeah. Because the, the man's going to take care of the man. I appreciate and, Brian. And, I do. I appreciate yeah. him. And so he went with the Glide. Thank you. Now, listen, Leon, at risk, you don't want to – those wheels are underneath you. You do oh, not want to – Oh, there it is. <laughs> hey, listen, if I roll away, you just come get me. <laughs> now, listen, uh, not only does he have the Glide executive chair for you, but we also had some tater tots and a we dog. We did, bro. That, that, that dog? Yeah was off the chain. Because that's a skillet dog. Is yes, that not? it was split down the middle and oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And then, oh, it's beautiful. You're all right, so let's get to, to me, and I kind of yeah. like it. <laughs> With the toasted bun and the, the oh, candy. Oh, yeah. And, I, and listen, I, I, I was a little bit out of character, all right? Usually right. I eat my hot dogs naked, all right? Nothing on it. Naked. Yeah, I naked, like them naked. naked. Yeah, naked. So I put a little ketchup, a little relish <laughs> on it. You know, it felt, it felt good drink, eating it. But now that takes me back to J.J. Because mm. J.J., he ordered it, and she said, now normally we come with ketchup, mustard, relish. And he said, just ketchup and relish. And I'm like, oh, that's going out over oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, better yet, I, I need uh, High Tide on the South Side to chime in. What would the yeah. burger creep think about that lineup yeah, on exactly. a hot dog? I went with the smash burger, which is yeah. outstanding, and I went with uh, – all the fixings on it. So, oh, yeah. it, literally, I couldn't get over how big their menu is here yeah. at Bold City Brewery. Well, they got the pizza. They got, uh, you know, all the stuff that you want when you go to a tap room. And so, that's why we're having such a good time here. We'll be here next week as well. We had to move from outside the tap, uh, uh, from inside the tap room to outside. So, we're right here uh, staring up at I-10. Roselle Street's real easy to find. Just come on down. You're coming off of I-10 onto Irene, onto Stockton, and then you're just a half mile or a quarter mile down on Roselle. So, anyway, we'd love to see you uh, as we're hanging out until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Maddie Hayes. She mentioned the burger creep. That uh, is Maddie Hayes missing in action. But Big Sirs is here. He's already had some come up to uh, get some autographs, uh, including uh, who was on there? Scobie? Yeah. Uh, uh, Big John? Scobie, Big John, and uh, David Garrod. Yeah. I want to give a little shout-out to my boy, Big John. Yes, uh, yes. He's doing better. He had some issues where he had to go to the hospital and have surgery and all that kind of stuff, man. That's my dude. That's my boy. That's my yeah. brother. And I'm glad he's doing better. Yeah. So. 
prayers to him and his family. Yeah, round of applause. I was so yeah. happy to hear that when you told us earlier. Uh, Big John, full of life, uh, not, you know, boundless enthusiasm. So I'm just happy as heck hearing that. That's really good news. All right, now we've been talking mainly about your Jags. We were getting into a little bit of the other uh, NFL action that's out there, and at stake are a lot of playoff spots. The beautiful thing about the way things have worked with the schedule is that up until this past week, you had – basically 30 out of 32 teams that were still alive for the postseason. Now, that's changed over the last week because we saw, obviously, some teams get eliminated, but now you got a few more spots that can be basically ironed out. So the teams that have clinched, we know the Ravens, they're at the top. We're going to find out whether they can hang on to that number one spot, but they are in the postseason. 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys have all clinched. San Francisco got the NFC West title wrapped up. Eagles and Cowboys are going to be battling out, battling it out for the AFC, or NFC East title. Teams eliminated, okay, 13 teams still alive in each conference. So think about that. Titans, Jets, Patriots have been knocked out. Cardinals, Commanders, Panthers have been knocked out. It makes these last three weeks of games ever important, for sure. Yeah, and obviously there were people who questioned when the NFL expanded the playoff to seven teams mm-hmm. per conference. Yeah. But if it keeps more teams alive, even if it's just in name only, I think it's good for the product because everybody feels like they had a chance. I mean, heck, Taylor Dahl with her <laughs> Chicago Bears yeah. staring down the barrel of obviously having the number one overall still- pick thanks to the Panthers, but also their pick could be as high as, I believe, number three or four, yeah. but they were also still in playoff contention they a week they still ago. have a chance. Right. Same uh, with the Giants. The Giants could have the number two overall pick, or they could make the playoffs. Yeah, now look, there's some uh, bad ball being played out there, okay? Yeah. We have to acknowledge that. But that does, I guess, in, in some ways, hit that NFL recipe, parody, parody, parody. Mm-hmm. Does it not? Well, I, I think a lot of fans get mis- misconstrued at the fact that uh, they say, well, like you look at the Eagles record. They got, they got Giants, Cardinals, Giants. And they mm-hmm. A lot of people saying, wait, well, those, those three teams, uh, those three games have nothing to play for. Nah, well, those teams are eliminated from the playoffs, bro. A lot of them young cats that haven't mm-hmm. been in the league in a while, old cats as well. They're yeah. auditioning, bro. They're yes. auditioning yes. for next year. Yeah, the season might be a wash, but those last three games, you want to have good film. If you if you got bad film with those last three games, man, especially if you're a young a young you, guy that's drafted late or whatever, yeah. if you got bad film and no one else wants you because they've seen how you play, man, that 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 could be career. Ending. I'll give you a good example: the Carolina <clears throat> Panthers beating the Atlanta Falcons this past week. They've already canned their coach, mm-hmm. and so they're looking around, going, "I need someone else, a new set of eyes to see me for the new coach." Yes, absolutely. Yes. So they've got a lot to compete for. That's why you listen. This Jaguar game against Tampa is essential because a lot of people think, "Oh, you know what? Carolina Panthers coming to Jacksonville. That's a layup." Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, you shouldn't think of it that way. No, absolutely not. No, Uh, these are still the one percent of of, these are the one percent of athletes Mm -hmm. that make this league. So that means this is the good of the good. Yeah. So, I mean, you can you can say you're on a bad team, but. Don't put no bad film out there. Yeah, and pride comes along with play. They can prove that they you know they still got like Chubb Hubbard. Uh, is a guy that's playing well right now, and he's proven, hey, that you know if you're going to build something, build around me and Bryce, they still need to go out and get young wide receivers to go along with them, but that's basically what he's trying to prove right now. And they got a ton of cap space, if memory serves me, although not a ton of draft picks. Yeah. That's why everybody who's dreaming of a T. Higgins uh, Christmas here in Jacksonville, although obviously in March, um, yeah, not really sure that's going to happen with so many of these other teams that have so much room 
cap-wise, and they're going to have to. A, a team like the Carolina Panthers, as they self-evaluate without a head coach over the next few weeks, is yeah. going to have to do the hard, hard questioning of where do we invest and perhaps do we look at that Jacksonville Jaguars model of what they did the year after Urban was fired with Doug Peterson. They threw a ton of money at Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, so many different free agent acquisitions. But it was because they recognized they needed to have those veteran presence, that veteran presence, if their young quarterback was to succeed. Well, I thought they invested in the offensive line because they so knew did they I. Were, well, I, I, I thought that the keynote for them was they invested in the offensive line yeah. because it's, they knew they were going to be take, take the number one pick in Bryce Young, and that hasn't worked out for them as well. No, as, no, as because well. you can go back and you can look at a couple drafts where they have invested draft capital in it, but have they got the guys? And heck, we can go here, okay? Anton Harrison, they invested in him, and it does look like he's a solid pick mm -hmm. but they they went through that run of either second or third round players that were immediately inserted in the lineup and you felt pretty good about it mm -hmm. i'm not bagging on walker a little 100 percent, but there's a little bit of a question mark next to his name is he quote the future left tackle for this team is luke fortner quote the future center for this team okay you start thinking about it and those were guys drafted in the first three rounds yeah. so they, they they got to pony up and, and make something happen all right now here's a guy that's making something happen let's do a bold fact uh right <clears throat> now here's a bold fact brought to you by bold city brewery duval's first craft brewery online at boldcitybrewery.com yeah, they are right here on Roselle Street. We've been having a good time today. You can come on by, enjoy some lunch, some good grub, along with some great craft. And they got that full menu working. And, of course, all the taps working as well. So drop on by here or Bold City downtown. Now, Christian McCaffrey, hey, talk about spoils of the riches. San Francisco mm. already had a lot of good going their way. And then they go and they pull the trigger and they get this guy uh, in, a, in a, a Niners uniform. And he's just been nonstop. You ready for these numbers? 1,292 rushing yards, 509 receiving yards this season. Fourth player in NFL history with at least 1,000 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards in four or more career seasons. Okay? 1,000 mm -hmm. rush, 500 receive at least four times already in his career. So he joins three others that have done it. Who else? Marshall Falk. Mm -hmm. That's a good one, JJ. Brian Westbrook? That's a good one. I like that one. Um, um, Priest mm -hmm. Holmes? Yeah, that's a good one, too. Priest Holmes. Ladanian we already went to the <clears throat> We already went to the Priest Holmes well earlier this week. All right, I'll give you one that you got. You can ding up J.J. with Marshall Falk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Marshall Falk did it five times, and wow. he was such a dynamic cat, man. Either it didn't matter, Colts, Uni, Rams, Uni, he was something, some kind of special. No Ladanian. All right, need two more. Um, Who'd you say? Ladanian. No, 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 no Ladanian. No, no LT. No Damn. LT. Veteran James. Yep, that was my Edwin. next guess. Hall of Famer, but no sir. Wow. Terrell Davis. Nope, all good. Wow. Uh, and it's funny because these two guys, and I'll just tell you right now, these two guys, they don't strike me as cats out of the backfield catching the football. Mm. So, you know them more Sean for, Alexander? You know them more for running. No, that's another good one, but I'll give you these Eddie others. George. Nope. Oh, okay. Emmett? Nope. Mm. But the other two that have each had four seasons in their career with over 1,000 rush, 500 receiving, Thurman Thomas did it mm. four times. And Tiki Barber oh. did it four times. 
So Coach Bar. Campo's dog did it four times, Tiki Barber. We're missing <laughs> Coach today. He was hoping to be able to drop by Bold City Brewery, but he, he has, you know, we'll, we'll miss him later on. Wished him a Merry Christmas earlier today. But Tiki Barber and Thurman Thomas, along with Marshall Falk, they have done what now Christian McCaffrey's done. And, and, and C-Mag is just in rare air right now. Mm. He is – and by the way, I wonder about him, kind of how we're talking about Travis Etienne. Even though you said, Leon, they haven't handed him the football enough, he has gotten beaten up. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey's taking his share of shots. I think they got to be a little cautious down the stretch and make sure they take care of him. Yeah, I mean, because you want him for the playoffs. Yeah. You absolutely want him for the playoffs. But, uh, listen, that, that team right there, it, it, that, the way that offensive line is assembled, yeah. the way they get after it, I mean, no knock on Christian McCaffrey, but whoever yeah. you put back there, mm-hmm. if you want to give them some rest, I mean, they're going to be successful at whatever they do. Because yeah. look back at their Super Bowl run in 2020 mm-hmm. or 2021, whatever yeah. year. Yeah, it was 2019 and mm-hmm. 2020. I mean, that was the year Raheem Mostert really broke out. And yeah. even then, he was part of a stable of backs of like four. That was Breida and right. Mitchell, uh, who's still there. We were reminded of that the other day. And I think someone had mentioned another one that was that was there. But Shanahan just had so – and what, what was so funny about that one <clears throat> is that he refused to run the football when they were up 28-3. to as the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. And then here he was with three guys. I think they all went over 1,000 yards, it seems like it. Anyway, they were they were really, really good. So we'll find out whether or not they can I – don't, I don't know, five and a half points. I don't know what to do with that number right now, Ravens and Niners. Yeah, what other games are you guys looking at? Because obviously I know when the NFL schedulers got together – their primetime game, in which Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth and that NBC lead team will call, is actually on Saturday up in Buffalo mm-hmm. when the Bills host the Chargers, um, which is obviously interesting because uh, mm-hmm. we, we know what's happened to the Chargers over the last few weeks. And now the news just about 40 minutes ago that the Chargers are waving veteran defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day, who has started, of course, 14 games for them, is a pivotal part of that defense. That, that's one that like I looked at and I was so excited for, but now with Easton Stick against that surging Buffalo Bills team, a little bit of a downer for Saturday well, well, Night Football. I, I told you you're auditioning. I mean, a guy like that, you're cutting bait with a guy like that who had 14 starts. Uh, he, he must not have been that impressive on film. They just unload him this late. The season's a wash. Yeah. It's a wash. You cut the man for Christmas, really? Is that? Yeah, that is pretty sad. <laughs> that is, that's cold. I misspoke, by the way. That game is actually in L.A. Oh, okay. God. So that is, that's some cold that is in cold. the soccer. I told you in the fair. All right, so are they? do they do these types of things to send a message <clears throat> to someone else in the locker room when they cut Absolutely. a guy like that? A guy like that, that's a veteran guy, right? Mm-hmm. You got a veteran guy who's had 14 starts. I mean, essentially he's started – the whole season could have gotten an altercation. Something could have happened on film. Could have been late to something, you know, like that. So what what the organization doesn't want you to do is get lax. Right. Because you're already out the playoffs, you, you know. So this guy, I, I don't know. The, I, I'm, just, I'm just guessing that it's either film play or something that essentially happened to him in the organization to cut bait with a guy who's had 14 starts with you. So, so I, kn- I know I was off last Friday, and I actually looked at Bo Valentine at one point during our day in New York City, and I mm-hmm. said, man, if there was ever a day I wish I was working, it was to dance all over the grave of Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers because, of course, Don't worry, they, I did. <laughs> right. I figured Joe was going to yeah. carry the baton for me. Yeah. I wasn't worried about that. Yeah. But now a scathing article, speaking of Sebastian Joseph Day and these yeah. Chargers, a scathing article from ESPN about the unraveling 
there uh, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. A screaming match between the linebackers coach and Brandon Staley post game after that loss to the Jaguars in the yeah. playoffs. And by the well, way, you know who did it? Duval, yeah. you did it. Yeah. You did it. <laughs> if you did one yeah. thing you this did last one thing, year, you did it. You broke the Chargers. Yes. yes. You, can, you can take credit for you that. You can take that. You credit but, for that. But Brandon Staley was brought in as a defensive coach, and it's classic. And I, 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 I'm trying to keep a list here. I can think of at least three defensive coordinators. Someone on the text line can remind me of others. Mm-hmm. But Dan Quinn was hired as a great defensive mind and then just completely – abandoned the mm-hmm. defense up in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mike Smith did the exact same thing up in Atlanta, and now you've got Brandon Staley doing the same. I'm sure I could think of some other ones mm-hmm. that just say they absolutely forget how they got that gig to begin with, and they don't tighten it up on that side. Now, I'm going to pull, even though I, I, I agree with what Matt Hayes has said all along, if Billy Napier is not your guy, what you – think mm-hmm. you'll do eventually you must do you know you, you've heard yeah. him say it yeah but Brandon Staley is a good example let's make this the 10-10 take JJ because even though it's college versus pro this definitely applies now Josie's 10-10 take slow smoked and served up by Sonny's barbecue local pit masters since 68 you will love Sonny's anytime you roll in there because probably you're looking for a good meal check and probably you're in a little bit of a hurry check they smoke it slow and they serve it up fast so make sure you check out any one of your area sunnies all over the first coast so on that line what you think you were going to do eventually you must do now brandon staley should have been fired after he gave up 27 points in a playoff game yet they brought him back they thought that they could right the ship i'm sure the spanos family said hey not again brandon and then hey hey they were using the chant let's go brandon I just thought of that. And so, anyway, it didn't work. And so, three-quarters of the season goes by. Justin Herbert gets, ends up getting knocked out, and they didn't accomplish squat. And so, they knew they probably didn't have him, weren't long for him. And lo and behold, they had to keep him. What was it? Was it 11, 12 games before they ended up uh, telling him to pack? It was, it was no, 12, 14. 14. Okay, so 14 games because he ended up losing a, a, a Thursday couple Thursdays ago. So that's the 10-10 take. And I'm not I'm still not trying to run Billy out on a rail. I'm just comparing the two because Brandon Staley I bet as soon as he left Duval, he was a dead man walking mm-hmm. in, in a lot of Chargers fans' yeah. eyes. Well, well they're, they're massive underachievers. I mean, it's kind of like what you call Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. You got all that talent, oh. all those five stars. Yeah. And Jimbo, over the last couple of seasons, with all that amazing talent, it never festered. Yeah. All right? San Diego Chargers have a litany of talent on both sides of the ball. Yes, yes. All right? And they made the playoffs last year, but this year they have all that amazing talent to be investing on both sides of the ball like you do for that team to underperform and underachieve immensely throughout the season. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why he's fired. And, listen, that game against the Chargers told me a lot about that team. It told me a lot about that team. That game against the, the, the Raiders? Yeah. It told me a lot about that team. They they gave up on their coach. They wanted him. They fired. wanted okay. that man up out of there. You cannot tell me. I've never. I I can't say never. But forty two to nothing at half. Yeah. You've got to be bad balling <laughs> to give up forty two points and a half, bro. So here's the, the one of the you know most telling quotes. <clears throat> from a source in this ESPN write-up. Guys didn't feel included. He didn't make it feel like a team. He kind of made it feel like a fraternity house. Certain guys are in the frat. Certain guys aren't. 
Mm, no structure. Uh-huh. No order. Yeah, exactly. And he was, quote, just too damn smart for his own good. There's certain things where you got to know where your bread and butter is as a defense. You've got to master so well that other, other teams got to try to adjust to you. I feel like we were always trying to adjust to other teams. Mm. Well, there you go. We'll keep Which, it. honestly, like, yeah. you know, again, we're comparing the NFL to college. But It is kind of like Billy. If you believe you're the smartest man in the room, you're probably not. The, I don't know the exact line, but it basically was, it's better to sit back and people think you're ignorant than to speak up and remove all doubt. Okay? True. <laughs> and, and so, Billy, and, and, you know, you've heard that classic line, this, he, it, does he think he's the smartest man in the room? Uh, if you're going to be successful – and, and you're going to rally players to play at their best. You need to be organized. You need to have a plan, a plan that they like. And then when it comes to game day, you've got to make sound decisions. And, mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, if you check them, how many of those boxes can you check uh, if you're a Gator fan? All right, you guys can chime in on that. We are hanging out at Bold City Brewery. Uh, I see a, a pickup truck rolling up with a big Gator on his uh, passenger door. He may mm. be coming after us. That's Billy Bashers. You know, you never know. Over here off of I-10. Well, we'll Billy, Billy's got spotters on, y'all. You saw Matt Hayes was sick. Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether I should be taking up Matt's mantle right now. All right, we keep it going. Bold City Brewery right here on Roselle Street uh, in Riverside. Come on by and say, hey, we're here till, we're here till 3. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Oh, we know you nooners are having fun with it. On the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010 with your big hair, heavy metal, but maybe not so heavy metal. Uh, Song suggestions for the Christmas holiday. We we had some DMX. We had a couple other artists we probably don't usually get to on a Friday. So keep them coming. We appreciate that. Yeah, because honestly, there are are like Christmas songs that you want to hear, like, like, John Lennon, the Eagles, the Boss. You know, there's a handful of them that are really, really good that you like to hear all the time. A little rock and roll feel to them. You can go all the way back in the day with Chuck Berry, Run Run Rudolph. As I was walking out of the Bolt City Tap Room, I heard Run Run Rudolph, and I, I, I love that old school one. Now, when JJ plays this one, you immediately think of Christmas Vacation, mm. and what's your favorite? What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, because if you start thinking about it, like Home Alone, honestly, is is a genius movie. It is such a good movie. Is Die Hard considered a Christmas? Yeah, you, I, listen, we qualify. Everyone's favorite debate. Hey, look at the boxer. Look at that. Look at that little boxer right there. So we're at uh, Bold City, uh, the brew, the production house, Bold City Brewery on Roselle. And whenever I see that little tiny boxer, I think of Dukes because the, the original boxer was named Duke, and you could see that face right there on that Duke's can. Mm-hmm. But Home Alone. Elf. Mm-hmm. Oh, Elf is as I love Elf. The, Elf is out. Elf is outstanding. Yes. So we watched The Grinch yeah. last night. Yeah. I am very partial to the Jim Carrey version. Okay. I know so. that sometimes is a a controversial statement. There's yeah. some who believe the cartoon or even that new one that's like animated, but it's like 3D almost. There's yeah. some people who prefer that. Some people are creeped out by the Jim Carrey one. I think it's timeless. The music is amazing. Jim I, Carrey's I, great. I liked it, but that that original. With uh, Boris, I think it's Boris Karloff, and then the, the cartoon old, version. Yeah, yeah, it's classic. And, and just it was just so cool. But Jim Carrey does outstanding. Oh, job. he does. Yeah. He does. And it's timeless. I mean, some of the cinematography and the animatronics that they use, mm-hmm. like 
that movie came out in 2000. It gives mm. you an appreciation. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel, you know, like they were, you know, faking it or if it's completely green screen on the other end of the spectrum. So, yes, my votes uh. are, as always, Elf. Uh, which, of course, is the O'Brien family preferred film. We will have our annual viewing tomorrow night in New Jersey. Um, and then, of course, The Grinch is number well, two. Well, uh, like if we go to the, you know, the, the, the dawn of Christmas movies, it's Christmas story, because we watch that on a loop uh, all day long on Christmas Day. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Uh, and it's great. And we've ha- had that one around forever. But you guys can hit the text line and give us your favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go back in time and think of some of the old, old school ones. Uh, definitely do that. Uh, 641-1010 as we're just days away from Christmas. And we <clears> talked <throat> about shopping and hopefully everybody's got it done. Uh, I did go to the town center uh, two days ago. Mm. It wasn't as intense as I expected it to be. It was still a little crazy, but not as bad as I thought it would be. I drove mm-hmm. through there to go to a friend's house to yeah. check in on her cats, and she's out of town yesterday at 1030. Yeah. No, the yeah. JTB in the town center was insane. Yeah, I see, I don't want to be that guy on that exit getting off JTB trying to get to the town center. No way, no how. Mm-hmm. But I just happened to catch it at the right time, cruise right on in, found a parking spot. It wasn't too bad. But mm-hmm. speaking of ways we're giving back this season, do want to give a plug to mm-hmm. our good buddy, uh, Dwan Smoot who, if you didn't know this, and Josh Allen affectionately refers to him as Jacksonville's LeBron. Yeah. Smoot and his wife opened an elementary slash preschool nice. in the last two mm. months, which yeah. is crazy to think that, like, they took two years behind the scenes building a school. And so that's the Elsie Academy near the town center on mm-hmm. Southside. They are going to have a toy giveaway tomorrow, but they're partnering with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, a bunch of other entities, mm-hmm. and they also will have pre-registration for the LC Academy, which is the name of the school for vouchers. So I told Smooth I like that. we'd give a plug. They will have toys available as a part of a toy giveaway, too. Well, you reminded me. We might as well mention one of our own as well, too, uh, because you mentioned, is it, uh, what was the club, the charity that has that one? The big, uh, that'll be it, with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, yeah, big bro- and, and a couple and others. And so yep. they're involved uh, w- with 1010 for sure. And then also Santa Lamb. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow mm. uh, is the 23rd. Uh, and Santa Lamb has been doing it forever. You can go to Santa Lamb, L-A-M-M, SantaLamb.org, and you can find out everything that they're doing. But basically every year they take 300 kids shopping. And the coolest thing that he did right from the jump is he said, hey, I'm going to let the kid pick out the toy. That was the essence of what he did. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning it was like, a, I don't know, big, I don't know, $75 gift card for each one of the kids. And anyway, they've been able to grow it. And it's cool to let the kid go pick the toy. True. You know, yeah. what would you what would you pick as a kid? What was your as favorite? a kid? Yeah, yeah. What was your um, let's say 10 years old? It'd probably yeah. be like a rock'em, sock'em robot. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I was kind of into that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, or the you know what? The uh, big electric football board thing. Loved it. You used to play, I love oh, I love that. So one of my great memories <clears> and we all have great Christmas memories, but we would go out to California. My mm-hmm. mom, 100% Mexican with all those Mexican crazies. Uh, Uncle Kukin walking around with his lime or lemon ready to slice it up so we could have some tequila. And then uh, my grand Rudolfo, okay? It was mm. Rudolfo and Carmen mm-hmm. Vidari. And Rudolfo could not speak hardly any English. And by the way, they came across illegally. And they, he would take my brother and I to a store. They lived in Hamilton City, population 400. We'd go to Chico and he'd take us to the store and he said, Pick one, pick one, and and we picked that electronic football oh, game, yeah. and it was one of the best ever. You know the coolest thing about that when we had the electric football game, I lived in a neighborhood where we had a league, 
All yeah. right. Mm. So we had our own teams, and we would go to each other's house with Amazing. our teams in our hands, yeah. Yeah. and we would play against each other. That's awesome. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, those are good memories. Mm. Those awesome. are good memories. All right, hit them with, uh, with uh, a memory if you have one or a great song suggestion. More great movie suggestion because I'm sure we're all going to go into like a marathon of movies uh, over the course of the next two or three days. Yeah, we have a couple already submitted on the text line at 641-1010. The biggest debate I'm seeing besides is Die Hard, a Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is Gremlins a Christmas movie? Ah, we Gremlins have several good. people saying that. Was that. Good. But that I, was... I, I, I can think of Die Hard at <clears throat> Christmas, but I don't immediately think of Christmas with Gremlins. It was a good movie. Though. It was a good movie. Good it kid was. movie. Yeah. All right, we'll keep it rolling. Six four one ten ten. We're hanging out at Bold City Brewery on Roselle Street. I did see that Mac. He did not come here to threaten me. He's wearing that Gator a sticker on the side of his truck, but he is not. He did not come here to threaten me. He's headed down to Tampa Town. Yes. Yes. He's got a Gator sticker on his truck, and he's got a Jaguar Santa hat on, and he's one of many. Uh, from the Bold City Brigade and many others are going to be heading down to Tampa Town. I heard this. we got to go to break, but i got to tell you this quick thing. One of our guys, you might be able to figure out who it is, he's like, I think I'm going down to Tampa to check out what's going on down there for the game. He goes, do you realize the percentage of people under the age of 26 in Tampa compared to Duval? Mm. It's like double. <laughs> he goes, I like my chances. And so he is going down there. Should I announce him? Yeah, so, you could yeah, say it. Yeah, John Farty, the great the great John Farty. Mm. I'm like, I, I think that's just, a, you know, that you're working with numbers, and that, that's showing me something. All right, it's XL Primetime. Charlie. Christmas fun flying through the trees, sleigh bells jingling. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. I do think there is a, a, a bit. A, 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 what did Tom Champion call it earlier? Happy or Merry Metal. Christmas. Merry Metal Christmas, John. Merry Metal Christmas. Uh, But yeah, we probably could put a whole playlist together, that's for sure, with a little Merry Metal. Big hair, heavy metal. Don't be afraid to text JJ the DJ as we're wrapping it up. We're still going to do our our big John Henderson send-off at the end with We're Not Going to Take It, but I like some of these rock and roll suggestions that are coming in on the text line for JJ the DJ. Now it's uh, JJ's turn to take over as the handicapper portion of our uh, show today. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. So uh, a couple guys not here obviously today, but I do have their picks, Coach and Matt's. Um, okay. Mia still in first with a record of 59 and 33. Joe and me tied for second. Uh, we are Woo-hoo. nine games back, 50 and 42. Campo, 48 and 44. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Campo, 48 and 44. Leon, 47 and 45. And Matt still in last. The only one with a losing record, 40 and 52 against the spread. All right. All NFL. We'll start with the the uh, big college <clears throat> bowl games next Friday. Uh, but okay. for right now, still good. six more <clears throat> NFL games. So we'll start. Bengals at Steelers. The Bengals on the road are three-point favorites. Mia, who you got? The Steelers did me dirty last week, so I am not riding with them again. I I do see the reports that Mike Tomlin and the wide receivers have had their kumbaya moment and everything is fine and dandy, but what was that line again, JJ? Three. Three? Yeah, I think the Jake Browning 
Magic lives for another day. Although Jamar Chase already ruled out of this one, so give me the Bungles. Joe? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I just I can't keep betting on Browning. I, I know that it's a, a poop show up in, up in Pittsburgh, but I, I feel like I'm going to take those points. I'm going to take those points. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, Campo right. is taking the Bengals, and uh, go ahead, Leon. Uh, who's playing? Who started is Mason Rudolph, right? Yeah, yeah that's Steelers. the plan. And it's Christmas weekend. And it's Christmas so, weekend in Pittsburgh. Something to be said for that. Yeah. I'm taking the Steelers. <laughs> All right, Matt is taking the <laughs> Bengals, and I'm taking the Bengals. Bah humbug. All right. Yeah. Lions at Vikings. <clears throat> the Lions on the road are a three-point favorite. Mia O'Brien. The Lions are a three-point favorite on the road, you say, J.J. LaSalva. Uh -huh. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions. I think the Vikings just continue to implode because they don't have a quarterback, and that is the most important position, and they're seeing it firsthand. The Josh Dobbs run was fun. Um, but, yes, give me Detroit. Yeah, mm. Nicky Mullins, uh, he at least had a chance last week to try and get the job done. Uh, a little bit. He did win a 3 nothing game. Never <laughs> yeah. forget. Yeah. yeah. It's actually uh, the first time these two teams are playing. They'll play twice in the next three weeks. Okay, here's mm -hmm. what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for my Lions mm -hmm. to look the part two consecutive weeks, okay? Mm -hmm. Because they are so up and down. Uh, this is up in many, many, many right? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I will uh, I'll lay the points. Mm. Yeah, so will Coach. Um... The Vikings imploded against Cincinnati. They were, what, 14 points mm -hmm. gave them away? Yep. Yeah, it was a push at the end of the day. It was a push. Yeah. Oh, no, that I'm was – Yeah, 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 last yeah, week. Yeah, 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 it was a push, yeah, yeah. I'm taking the Vikings. Okay. Because I – You'll I be the, the only one. Matt is taking the Lions, and I'm taking the Lions as well. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say that I, we almost had a perfect record last week. We did have a perfect record. Yeah, well, we had one tie, 5-0-1. Yeah. Oh you guys yeah. went Listen, undefeated. Yes. It's like the Jaguars. You got to play your best. You got to play your big <laughs> pick, best picks in yep. December. Baby. December to remember. Yes. All right, next up, Colts on the road at the Falcons. This is a, a funny line. All yeah. right, the Falcons are favored by two and a half. Yeah, something weird is going on. Michael Pittman officially will be active per Shane Steichen. Um, really? Yeah, but that line, mm. the fact that it's moved from one to two and a half, says to me somebody thinks the Colts are coming back down to earth, and so I'm going to agree with them. I I'm going to say, well, no, it's the Falcons. I can't take the Falcons. I'll let me give, me give me the Colts. Who am I kidding? Give me the Colts. Mm. Joe? Coach? Coach? Joe goes first. <laughs> oh, because I'm sitting here, I'm thinking – it is an odd line. Indy's won five of the last six games. And Arthur Smith, I pointed out earlier, he's got all that talent, and they just keep figuring out ways to lose, including mm -hmm. losing to the to the Panthers this past week. I'm taking the points. Yeah, I'm taking the points. Actually, so is Coach, and so is Matt. They both ah. took the Falcons. Leon. Mm, I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm with mm -hmm. Mia. I know this line is weird, but... I'm never going to pick the Falcons. And you know what? And, Falcons. J.J., here's the thing. If the if the Fal Falcons do win, it's a feather in the Jags cap, win or well, lose. So. Yeah, let, let's let's make this clear, though, okay? The underdog is the Colts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I said I'm taking the points. Oh, I see, I see, yeah, I see, I yeah. see, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm still confused yeah. about the fact that they are the underdog. Believe me, I, I am too. <laughs> all right, so but. Mia, Joe, Leon all taking the Colts with me, and then Campo, Matt taking the Falcons. All right, next up, sorry about that, Browns at the Texans. 
Another weird one, but not mm-hmm. that weird. I guess the Texans don't have their starting quarterback in, but the Browns on the road are three-point favorites. Mia. Yeah, I like the Browns um, because it's not just C.J. Stroud that's out. Um, I mean, Nico Collins has been questionable. He was on the practice field. Um, Jimmy Ward was on the practice field, but he's still coming through the concussion protocol. No Will Anderson, no Blake Cashman. That's a huge hole in that defense. I just don't see a world in which Case Keenum can somehow sneak out two back-to-back wins, especially against that defense. Even with the game being in Houston, give me the Browns. And it's a full three, you say, Mm. right? Correct. Full three points. I just I expect something crazy. Like Joe Flacco, same thing, has to come back to the pack just a little bit. And as mm. odd as it is and looks as automatic as it is, I'm going to take the home team. All right. Campo's taking the Browns, and Matt is taking the Texans. Wow. I'm taking the Browns. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that defense is too good for a backup quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, finally, we get a couple good games in here. Um, <laughs> Dallas at the Dolphins. This is a pick'em. It went from a one point to a pick'em. It's a mm. pick'em. What time is the game being played? That's a 4:25 or I believe. Is this on Christmas? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think this is a Christmas Eve also. Okay. Our last one is on mm. Christmas Day. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's the Monday night game. Mm-hmm. That's the Monday night game. All right. And just to be clear. <laughs> This, the line is what, JJ? Nothing. So you just pick a winner. So straight pick them. Mm-hmm. Just straight pick a winner. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think that mm. they uh, they have a fire lit under their butt after getting smoked by the Bills last week. Mm. Also enough people talking about how poorly they've played on the road. Yeah, they do. I, I look at their average points per game on the road versus at home. It's almost double. Here goes an FSU man coming through. It almost doubles at home. And I do think they're kind of reeling a little bit. It's, you know, it's one thing to prove that you can get well after an embarrassing performance, but they got to go back on the road against Raheem Mostert and my man A-Chang. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking Miami. Mm. Um, Coach is taking Dallas, and Matt is taking the Dolphins. Mm. Well, listen, the Cowboys last week against the Buffalo Bills got plastered, all right, especially running the ball. Buffalo Bills ran for over 200 yards against them. Mm-hmm. Miami, had, Miami can run the ball, too. Everybody wants to talk about their, their receiving core and, their, and, their, and the legion of Zoom, yeah. but they can run the ball when they want to against you. And the Cowboys, the differential between them at home and on the road is 18 points. They score 18 points less. That's the number I was looking 18 for. 18 okay. points less at home than they do on the road. I got the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins. You noticed that Leon did not give me the stat when I was looking for it. He waited to see what the pick was going to be, and then he gave that stat. (laughs) I'm trying to win here, Joe. I'm trying to catch up with y'all. I originally had Dallas in thinking Tyreek was out, but I I just looked it up. Tyreek practiced yesterday. So I'm going with the Dolphins, Mm. but I don't feel confident about this pick. This will be a great game, hopefully. All right, last but Mm. certainly not least, first place in the AFC versus first place in the NFC. Uh, Vegas doesn't think it'll be quite a good game. Uh, the Niners at home, five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Ravens. See, here's the thing is, and I love my boy Brock Purdy, but this is supposed to be the moment where Lamar seizes it and says, I'm the MVP. I will win the MVP award. I think that Lamar will play well, but the mm. San Francisco 49ers will win this one by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And embrace debate, is it Purdy? Is it the system he's in? I can tell you this much, I think they will hang quite a few touchdowns on that Ravens defense, so give me the Niners. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really kind of torn on this one because I want to go for the surprise. I want to go for the roadie. I want to see that Monday night football, mm-hmm. uh, whatever streak continue. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the points. Hmm. All right, Coach is taking the Niners, and so is Matt. No. Well, you know, I, I don't call them by their names. You call them by the boogeyman. The boogeyman. The boogeyman, yes, the Niners. Everything about them, offensively, defensively, barring any injury. There's no real – I talked about this earlier. Every time you throw something at them, hey, yeah. Cowboys, Cowboys, it's, it's going to be a big game, destroy. <laughs> hey, Jacksonville, you know, Jacksonville's come of age, destroy. Eagles, hey, in your backyard, destroy. And now everybody's on the Raven bandwagon. I like El Boogie. I, I, like, I like what El Boogie's doing. And he's one of the contenders for MVP. But not on Monday night. Okay, so you're, you're, you're laying the points. Oh, uh, yeah. Otterson, Wealth Advisors, Risk Reward, Big Search. Are you laying the points, JJ? Yeah, I, I think the Ravens just match up terribly with the 49ers, so I'm going to go with the mm-hmm. Niners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So, uh, look, I, I like the idea that they are right now the team to beat, the prohibitive favorite. But something's got to happen late in the year just to chink the armor up a little bit. Does it? I don't think so. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, all right, so they're all in, right? That's it? There's there's part of me that wants to go oppo Joe and flip the whole card, but I think I might save it for next You've week. You've come a long <laughs> way since that. Yeah. That was probably about two months ago. Joe was doing uh, so bad in the picks, he was going with his opposites. Now he's 50... Fifty and forty-two. That's pretty impressive. I'm scared, bro. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. It's coming to an end. All right, we'll find out. Uh, Big Sirs, um, a thought from you mm-hmm. before you uh, watch the game and do the fifth quarter Christmas Eve. Well, I listen. Um, whether the Jags play with uh, Bethard or uh, Lawrence, mm-hmm. um, this team just got just needs to rally. It needs a it needs a win. It needs a win. It needs to get the bad mojo up out of the complex and everything. They just need a win. I don't, I'll take an ugly win right now. I'll take a 10-6. Yeah. Long as they, they see that W on their column. Because then that's motivation moving forward. They can't – these L's piling up on this, man. It's just, just, I, 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 we was talking, me, me and me was talking about this earlier. This season is going by fast. Mm-hmm. And it I really think this, this the only time it really slowed down for me is when they started losing. When yeah. we was on 8-3, man, I was feeling it. Yeah. Now these last three losses, man, it's for you like – you know, this big weight is upon my shoulder. Yeah, it's crazy. They went from 1-0 to 1-2 to a five-game win streak. I mm-hmm. mean, just honestly, it has had all these different, yeah. you know, either, uh, you know, roller coasters, ups and downs. So, we'll see. Uh, I believe Trevor Lawrence is going to play. So, we'll get into that in 2 o'clock hour. You'll be part of the fifth quarter. Yep. Uh, Merry, Christmas, uh, to, Merry Christmas to everybody, including yep. Auntie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay? especially Auntie. Yeah. Yeah. And Auntie, exactly. Auntie and Matt's Auntie allegedly yeah. sending us uh, cookies. Yeah. Yeah, my auntie I, I trust us. Auntie to send us cookies. Oh, I'm not so sure about these Mac cookies <laughs> he was alluding to. All right. All right. Enjoy it. You got Enjoy it. Enjoy it. All right. So he's out. Our, uh, oh, we got a little that real quick before we get ready. I think we're going to get Pat Dooley on in the 2 o'clock hour to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the pluses and minuses of that Billy class. But first. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Before we get to Florida, another note on Florida State. Here's your plot twist. 
The ACC is now suing Florida State's Board of Trustees. Naturally. In a a suit filed in Mecklenburg County, the league accuses FSU of breaching its contractual obligations, asking court to declare a grant of rights valid and enforceable. So now they're both suing each other. Yep. I want to see Harvey Specter on one side, Mike Ross on the other side, and see who comes out on top. But, yes, that certainly was expected. Into the 2 o'clock hour from Bold City Brewery. Folks are in the warehouse enjoying great craft. They're in the tap room. And we're hanging out right outside on Roselle. So drop on by. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. A little Christmas cheer. JJ, the DJ, is making the selections. We call it a big hair heavy metal Friday, but this doesn't quite fit that description. But you can come in with some of your Christmas suggestions. I do want to finish before the show is done with the with the the standards that I go with the Eagles and with John Lennon and with the Boss. And we can certainly throw a few more out there. Six four one ten ten. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We are hanging out here at Bold City Brewery on Roselle Street, the production house. And the beautiful thing about it is you come in the warehouse where all the you know, the big barrels of beer, the barrels of fun, where all the, you know, the work's being done, and then also the tap room inside. So drop on by. We will be here next week from 3 until 6 with the Frangie time slot. So we hope that you'll, if you miss us today, have plans to come by then. Our man Pat Dooley might be able to fit into a tap room here uh, uh, as well as anybody as he joins us now uh, to talk a little Gator uh, recruiting with us. Welcome in, Pat. How are you, bud? I, I wish I was at the tap room right now, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's never a bad thing. Exactly. I, I said it earlier, Pat. I said I wasn't born on a bar stool, but I wouldn't mind leaving this earth on one. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, all right. Now, listen. Good for me, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into, even though you may not be the recruit, Nick, and all that, but you certainly covered the Gators for years and years. And now uh, with your work at RUF and your duly noted podcast and Gators Wire, uh, what do you think of how signing day unfolded, first off, with some good gets, but also some flips? Well, I mean, I, I always take flips, uh, you know, as not necessarily being flips. I mean, we, we know we know what happens there. But that, that's not the concern. The concern is they put together a Dan Mullen class, um, you know, that they it was an average class. It's not average for most people, but it's average for where the University of Florida usually is. So uh, I think that was the one thing that Billy Napier was supposed to be able to do wrote him a blank check, got him escalates to get six people up at the airport, had a million dinners at Furrier's, you know, uh, for multiple people. And they ended up with a pretty average class. And I think that uh, it, it just put the heat that much more on them. Which, and, and to be honest with you, Joe, and you know, we talked about this before. I always felt like he was going to get four years. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think he, I, I, he's going to have to do – he's going to have to win some games. With, with yeah. this group he's put together. Pat, what did you make of Ernest Graham's comments? The former Florida Gator, his son did sign with the University of Florida on Wednesday, but then he tweets out yesterday, quote, my son was raised to understand the business as it exists. There has been new levels of disconnect with this program that I have never experienced. No calls, no communication, the driest experience imaginable. I'm going to start there. That is coming from a Gator alum about his son, a Gator signing. I was just with Ernest about a week ago, uh, too, at uh, a thing at the quarterback club, and we had a long talk. He introduced me to Miles. I hadn't met Miles. A great kid. Uh, they were excited about everything. Uh, but, you know, when Jay Bateman took the D.C. job at 
Texas A&M, I think the first call probably should have been from Billy Napier to Ernest Graham and, and let him know that Miles is going to have a different position coach. I think that's where he's, the disconnect he's talking about. But that's the weird thing about this, guys, is that, you know, Napier is known for his attention to detail, and I haven't seen it yet. I'm mm. waiting to see where the detail is going to be attended to because don't forget, we're the team that could never get 12 guys or 11 guys on the field. They had 12, <laughs> they had 13, they had nine, they had 10 one time. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, maybe math should be a, a, for the next coach should be a criteria. I don't know. But uh, I, the ten, lack of attention to detail is certainly uh, an issue for a program that, that needs to. Yeah, man, again, they're two kicks away from being seven and five last year. But is really mm-hmm. is that the goal for the University of Florida to be seven and five? I don't know. Yeah, that that's the the mystery to me is that more Gator fans have talked of patience uh, in, in this short amount of time than they have in, you know for decades. We're talking with Pat Dooley. You can definitely find him on X at Pat underscore Dooley, and then of course Dooley noted his podcast and Gators Wire along with RUF over there in Hogtown. And so I, I felt like maybe some of the comments that he had, Pat, he was defensive and, and with good reason because people are questioning, you know, what has gone on. Like you said, it's kind of a mediocre class. Uh, did you did you feel the same thing that he was getting defensive? We had that towards the end of the season as well with some of the questions that were lobbed his way. Yeah, look, there's no doubt, though, that he is getting snippy. And uh, usually <laughs> most coaches in their second year get a little snippy because they feel – you know, that they're now getting to know uh, what the fan base is like. I mean, that's the way it is in a lot of places. But uh, there's no doubt that his uh, his romance with the media is pretty much over now. Uh, he, he knows he has to go do it, and he's going to get asked tough questions, and he's not going to like it. He's going to give those kind of answers. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, look, I would like – somebody probably should have stood up in that press conference and said, hey, if you don't win – nine games next year, are you going to be fired? I mean, you know, <laughs> I, and that's, I, I think, look, I think he's got to win eight to keep his job. That's my thinking. And I'm not getting that from anybody. It's just my opinion. Um, right. But I think he's, he's got to win. I mean, and when you look at that schedule, it's, it's obviously very difficult. And everybody that they play, it feels like, is killing it in the portal or killing it in recruiting, one or the other. And that mm-hmm. is think- really, uh, that I just don't, I don't know that Florida's going to be able to put a, a team on the field that's uh, certainly that's better than many teams they play this year. They may be close to being as good, and they may win some of those games. But I, they're not going to be better. Who are they going to be better than? I think I know a guy from Maybe the Maybe not Asso- even UCF, yeah. I think I know a guy from the Associated Press. Maybe we can volunteer as tribute to ask uh, that nine-win question for us, yeah. Pat. But let's get to the transfer portal. Jalen Kimber is the latest Gator to enter the portal this morning. Uh, I know there's several Gator fans that are rejoicing that maybe weren't Kimber fans who, of course, began his career at Georgia. What say you about that decision on the Friday before Christmas as well as where that secondary projects in 2024? Well, um, it's, it's definitely a mixed emotion because he was terrible this year. He, cut, he killed him. He was awful. Um, but, again, you know, he, he was an experienced player, and you would like to have that. But uh, I'm sure that he was probably looking at some of the guys that were coming in and going, I'm probably not going to play a whole lot. And I, that may have had something to do with it. You know, I will say this. You never know why a guy really gets out. You know, sometimes it's, I don't like the playing time. Sometimes it's, 
your NIL money went down because I know that Florida's got a system where they pay their NIL money based on whether you make all conference, whether you make, you know, SEC freshman of the year, whether you, all these kind of criteria, kind of goals. And I guarantee you Jalen Kimber didn't get a lot of money out of that. So, uh, because he, he got beat all the time. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, that secondary is, is going to be the key because they, they have not been good for a long time. Uh, it used to be DBU and now it's PU. <laughs> All right, a couple more for Pat Dooley before we turn him loose uh, as he gets ready for his Christmas party. Uh, and you will be the party, that's for sure. But when you think of that transfer portal and how much impact it has had on a lot of other campuses, not necessarily in Gainesville, what do you think the end result will be of that? Like what have you heard or what do you think he's capable of plucking out of the portal? Well, I don't want to listen to him because he's the guy who told <laughs> us he was going to get another quarterback that last year and never did. So, uh, you know, I, again, he's got a walk-on coming in that's a preferred walk-on. I, I'm not going to get too excited about that in any position. Uh, but, you know, I, I, he may get a couple of guys, but I don't know that there is a whole lot out there. I mean, it seems like people are just jumping off, you know, from one place to another. I, I don't know. You guys are fortunate in that you your main story is the Jaguar, okay? Mm-hmm. But for, for people like me who make a living covering the Florida Gators, it, it's getting rough in terms of, I don't know if I want to watch this anymore. So <laughs> it, this is a big year for him in that regard, is, it, is oh, getting yeah. the fan base back as a fan base. Look, there are a lot of people, and I, I, we've talked about this before, there are a lot of people that, that still think, give him time, he's going to get it done. I talked to, we had Drew Copeland from Sister Hazel on the podcast uh, Thursday, and he was one of those, he's one of those people. But there are a lot more that are like, I, I, I don't want to watch this anymore, and let's start all over again. Well, I don't know that that's the answer either. So it could be that there just isn't a real easy answer for, the, for where Florida is. Don't worry, Pat. I willingly watch a college football team that can't complete a forward pass. Um, it, it is truly rough all over. Oh, um, was it Syracuse? Yeah. No, the, the Iowa Hawkeyes the Hawkeye. worse, although pr- close there. Shout out to the Bulls of South Florida. Hey, real quick before we let you go, obviously you're in Gainesville. Your primary coverage is the Gators. But I would think you have to have an opinion or at least some insight from maybe some friends in the industry with regards to this Florida State versus the ACC debacle. Now they're both suing each other. What do you make of it, and do you think there ever could be a world in which Florida State and Florida are both playing in the SEC? There could be. I don't think – I mean, again, I don't think it has anything to do with – Florida maybe not wanting them to be in the FCC. I think people keep bringing that up, and it's not true. Um, but I will say this: when the, when the uh, when they talk about it over there, I just heard the press conference on your station just a minute ago, and they're talking about for the university and for all the sports that we have. It's not about that. You think getting out of the ACC is good for basketball? <laughs> no, it's not. It is all about football, which it is at every school pretty much in America. So uh, I don't know that there's a way out of it, but who knows? I mean, we we never thought we would see, uh, you know, all these the realignment where we just went through. So there, there could be anything. I don't know that I don't know that the SEC necessarily wants Florida State. It's not a big market. Um, they did have a good season, but that's not a reason enough to take something. But it's just kind of weird. The whole thing is so weird. 
Yes, like the one thing they want is a marquee team to stay in their conference, so that would be the one reason. But other than that, uh, yeah, they've always been a little, um, I don't know, uh, hoity-toity on Tobacco Road from time to time and, and, and viewed FSU and, heck, even Miami as, as outsiders. All right, yes, well, listen, I mean, you're no that, out. You're, that's the yeah. other thing, Joe. FSU is going to have to find a partner because nobody's yeah, going to take just them. So, yeah. uh, and who knows? I don't know. It's going to get complicated again. And I don't know if college football is trying to push me away, but I keep coming back. <laughs> well, listen, Merry Christmas, uh, Duels. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, enjoy some cider or whatever else you're sipping on uh, and enjoy the family. Uh, there are going to be multiple different cocktails. <laughs> and so tomorrow's going to be a really rough day. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so As it should Christmas, be, Pat. You guys yeah. do. All right, man. Merry Be good. Christmas. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, at Pat underscore Dooley. Uh, Dooley noted uh, with his podcast. And like he said, he's, he's talking to Sister Hazel, you know, the, the people who are over there passionately uh, involved in Gator sports. That's for sure. WRUF and Gators Wire. So I, I just, I'll follow that up just with a little bit from what Jim Phillips did have to say, uh, the commissioner of the ACC, coming up here in a second. Uh, and then back to your Jags. And, uh, you can give us a bold prediction uh, if you want on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. What's going to happen Sunday? Chris Christmas Eve with your Jacksonville Jaguars in that 4 o'clock window. Let us know, 641-1010. You can also hit the pop-off line if you want. Wish anybody out there in Duval a Merry Christmas at 207-7071 as we come to you from Bold City Brewery right here on Roselle. Bells will be ringing. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, my man. Just certain ones just kind of get you in the mood, and that's just been one of those that I love hearing. The Eagles, you go back in time. You guys can give us a couple more anthems before our day is done, or you can drop on by Bold City Brewery right here on Roselle. Now, I'm looking at the color of that craft that this Jaguar fan has in his, and I feel like that's a Bold City IPA if it looks right to me. Anyway, they're all good. They're all good. Every and, last and one. And they of do them. do flights, which I, I had to double check with yeah. the staff. So, oh, yeah. and they also have food, which I also didn't realize. Yeah. Folks, this is not just the production house. I mean, we're talking like a full service restaurant. The tap room, like we said, looks exactly like Josie's yeah. slice of heaven yeah. with the brick bar and everything else. So, this is not just a hey, pop in and see XL Primetime. This is a spot you can bring the whole family yeah. for and, dinner, and for and lunch, by the way, whatever. I, I did see three generations roll through there. It just so happened one of them was in a stroller. Okay, so they're raising that young man right. Okay, he's going to turn into a, a craft lover, that's for sure. All right, now, real quick, speaking of Bold City, let's do a bold fact real quick here's a bold fact brought to you by bold city brewery duval's first craft brewery online at boldcitybrewery.com this is where it started right here in 2008 then they got bold city downtown and definitely uh, on the shelves everywhere you can definitely uh, go shop for it that's for sure all right so this is going back from now all the way back to 1960 okay elias sports throw this throws this out all right only rookie since 1960 with two game-winning touchdown receptions in the final minute of a fourth quarter. Wow. That's pretty good stuff, and it's so rare. We're talking about only one guy has done it, and obviously it happened this year, so you can eliminate everything else because – So it's got to be Puka then. No, but it's since 1960. But it happened this year. Yep, only rookie – 
with two game-winning touchdown receptions in the final minute of the fourth quarter. Was it the running back for the Bucks? No. no. I'm trying to think rookies here. Uh, Zay Flowers. I'm going to say Santana Moss. Well, you said mm-hmm. it's the, I thought you said yeah. it was this year. It's this year, though. Yeah. yeah since oh. 1960. Yeah, that's how far back we're going, but I'm just going to go ahead and give it away. It is this year. So the only rookie since 1960 with two game-winning TD receptions in the final minute of the fourth quarter. Jalen Warren? No, maybe not. Ooh, ooh. Anyway, I love seeing people come on by and enjoy some craft here. Uh, and Bold City's got them all. It doesn't matter what flavor you're into. You can definitely enjoy it here. All right, I'm going to give it away. Okay. Uh, two receptions in the final minute for touchdowns. Game winners from Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Ah, nicely done. Yep. Nicely so that done. guy definitely has gotten it done. That's for sure. And it's flashed. You know, it hasn't been like all the time from him, whereas some of these other guys have just been churning and burning right from the jump like Puka. Well, he was hurt to begin the year, yeah, too. Exactly. And you, he also plays opposite a guy by the name of DK Metcalf and another guy by the name of Tyler Lockett. Ever heard so, of him? <laughs> yeah, so they really don't, didn't need him to ascend this quickly, but obviously it's a feather in their cap, and it's part of why you saw Drew Locke win a game on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and, and by the way, Drew Locke's going to try and take that act on the road and see if they can do it. They're, pay, they're playing Tennessee. They're a three-point favorite, so let's see if they can get it done. All right, so before we get out of here, we're going to hit a, a little bit as far as what Trevor is dealing with, what the latest is. Can he play? Also, the other ones that are on the injury report. So let's do that coming up. And then you got one other little piece. Is it Lombardi? Yeah, in? Lombardi. Our good buddy Michael Lombardi of yeah. Beeson, the GM Shuffle Pod, just went on a lovely soliloquy on X about two hours ago about the whole system player, game manager. If Brock Purdy is a game manager, what does that make Trevor Lawrence? Um, so we'll dive into that as well. Coming up next, right here on XL Primetime. So this is Christmas And what have you done This is XL Primetime Brought to you by Florida Home AC Now that's cool On 1010XL You know what happens at Christmas time? Noel fan walks out right past the Gator Station and says, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You know what? Okay. The Knowles went 13-0. They have won 19 straight. I understand the recruiting class did not finish top five, but it did finish top ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There yeah. is some joy out there in Tallahassee. There, there should be some joy everywhere. It is the Christmas season. We've got some nice weather here at Bold City Brewery as we're coming at you live from right outside the tap room in the production house. We're only with you till 3, but we will be back here next Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. as we step in for the Frangie Show slot, which, as I said off the top of the show, Josie, mm-hmm. kind of will be a de facto post game for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl between Clemson and Kentucky. That game will be available on 1010 a.m., and then we'll come on on both the a.m and the FM right after that game. And, and I'm hoping that I will see some Clemson and some Kentucky Wildcat fans come over here to Bolt City uh, or Bolt City downtown uh, because, you know, the son-in-law, uh, as he moves up in the power rankings from time to time, when I go to Nashville, he takes me to the tap rooms because – and they're kind of like a little bit at, at, at points out, you know, kind of out in the – you know, off the they're beaten not path. Off, they're not off yeah. Broadway, yeah, is exactly. what you Off the beaten path. And so I do love it. So hopefully we'll see him. All right, real quick before you bring up Mike Lombardi, 
Um, so Jim Phillips, president, or excuse me, the commissioner of the ACC, after the president of the FSU uh, Seminoles decided that they're going to go ahead and sue the ACC, the ACC is pursuing your butt right back. And it says, we're confident that the grant of rights, which has been honored by all other universities who signed similar agreements, will be affirmed by the courts, and the conference's legal counsel will vigorously enforce the agreement in the best interests of the ACC current and incoming members. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the you know, the legalese mud fest for now. Well, now they're saying they filed it yesterday proactively. So yeah. it's literally snip, snap, snip, snap. Yeah. Every The Office meme you can think of, Matt Hayes off today, but he tweeted out that it's yeah. the, uh, the turntables uh, oh, yeah. right now, back and forth between the ACC and FSU. We will follow that ongoing saga. Again, we will be back here at Bold City Brewery one week from today. But let's get to our primary storyline on this lovely Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday, which is your Jacksonville Jaguars hoping to snap a three-game losing streak down in Tampa Town on Sunday. Trevor Lawrence is practicing today for the first time this week. Doug Peterson said that while certainly it is going to be a pass or a fail through the concussion protocol for Trevor, which the team is flying out tomorrow, and so that's a situation to monitor. If he can't pass it tomorrow, what does that mean? Doug said he doesn't really know in terms of would they drive him to Tampa, would they fly him out on Sunday. Didn't really have any specifics on that. At the very least, it's a trip down. It's a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour drive. Or so you get him on the private jet. So, yeah. Um, yeah. again, all that's still up for, you know, it's a, it's a day-to-day process. The good news is that Trevor Lawrence passed the next stage of the concussion protocol and was on the practice field today, mm-hmm. so that's obviously good. Let's get to now this game manager debate that's been raging across the National Football League for weeks, really, but since Cam Newton went on a Bardstool podcast and brought it up, and mm-hmm. Brock Purdy and his role in this, uh, he's a front runner for MVP, but people don't believe he's quite as an elite quarterback, per se, as some others in the National Football League. So our buddy Michael Lombardi of VEASAN and GM Shuffle tweets this out today. Purdy is labeled a game manager and a system quarterback, which is unfair. All quarterbacks need the right system to function. The system can only work when the talent enhances the system. Did Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard make the system shine in San Francisco? No, but Purdy is only good because of the system? Seems like a contradiction. If Purdy is all system, then what is Trevor Lawrence? Why has Lawrence been unable to beat good teams at home or play well in big games? Is it because of the talent in Jacksonville, the offense, or both? In fairness to Trevor, the Jags are not a tough team. They are soft on offense, don't have a strong offensive line, and their answer to every problem is to throw a pass. They place the game on his shoulders, and so far in his young career, he hasn't been able to handle the responsibility. Note, this isn't an anti-Lawrence column. Instead, stop evaluating the draft position of players and let their play speak for themselves. Yeah, you can't help but look at if you're going to do a comparison and Lombardi's going down that road, which is fine, is that you're talking about the top the top pick in the draft and the last pick in the draft. And so, you cannot get there there are these are these would qualify as polar opposites, all right? And there are a ton of guys drafted in between those two and the guy that was drafted last quote, Mr. Irrelevant, is relevant as hell in the National Football League right now. And, yeah, the prohibitive favorite to win the MVP in large part because of his coach and because of the, the, the camp of talent around him. I got no problem with recognizing what Brock Purdy has done. Guess what? Joe Montana at times looked like he was fortunate to play the position he played because of all the talent around him. He didn't overwhelm you with anything, athleticism or the big deep ball or anything like that. He just made play after play after play. What's Purdy doing? Making after play yeah. after play. After and, and, play. And so real quick on the Trevor part, I, I, I he is right now uh, 
fair. He, he can be fairly criticized, okay, because he has not done enough with the talent that has been around him and in plays that he needs to make himself. He's coughed up the football too much, and honestly, that's that's the right now the biggest cr- criticism for him. Right, which ironically was the criticism of Gardner Minshew when he was in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it is the environment. To the point about C.J. Beathard and Nick Bullens, I think it's important to remember that that was so early in the John Lynch Shanahan experiment out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The personnel around it wasn't what it is today, and so while certainly there were some familiar faces then, you can't compare the situation in 2018 or 2017 to what it stands in 2023 in San yeah. Francisco because they have. McCaffrey now they have Debo now they have Ayuk now Um, so that's where that comparison I have a little bit of a a difficult time pairing it with but what I will compare it to is the next tweet in the succession of tweets from Michael Lombardi does that make Lawrence a system quarterback that he needs the offensive line to be good he needs those weapons around him he then notes how Troy Aikman struggled in his first two years when Norv Turner arrived to run the offense Emmett Smith Michael Irvin were there to make plays Aikman became great does that make Troy Aikman a system player? Well, it's funny because Coach Campo talks about it all the time. We missed him today, but he mentions it quite often. Hiring Norv Turner was unbelievably successful for the Cowboys as a whole, for those players that he just mentioned. And Troy Aikman loves the fact that he got to play under that that you know that guy calling plays. And so Doug Peterson is considered a great play caller. Now, is Press Taylor uh, – deserving of criticism well yeah right now he is but there's so many other guys that are deserving of criticism around here doug needs to put some fire back in the belly and make sure these guys understand and by the way real quick the the mike tomlin conversation is that he has lost some of his players but to his time in pittsburgh he always challenged with challenged players with being professional i will make it as easy for you as long as you play hard for me and I think Doug has that same kind of mantra. I want to trust you as a professional. And right now, some of these guys, I don't think, are given everything they should be giving. And I think that's where we are. That's where so, we are. Yep. All right. So we'll find out. We're going to wrap up our show and get ready for the Frangie show. And we will see whether or not your Duval Jacksonville Jaguars can head down to Tampa Town and come away with the win and get back to winning ways after three straight L's. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Lauren Brooks in the Frangie Show getting ready to roll. Lauren, how are you? Hello, Joe. I'm great, thanks. How are you? Doing outstanding, wrapping it up here at Bold City Brewery. Yeah, what's your favorite of all their beers? I like both of the IPAs, Mad Manatee and Bold City, but Duke's is, uh, you know, like one of the originals, so you cannot go wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've got great stuff there for sure, and uh, I heard y'all will be back there next week as well. Yep, we'll be back 3 to 6, uh, taking over the Frangie Show time slot. So what's cooking this afternoon? Oh, my goodness, we have a ton going on. Hayes has the day off, but Frank and I are here along with RJ at 340. We'll talk to TJ Reeves, the Buck sideline reporter, get a feeling of what's going on down in Tampa. At 420, we've got Irish show Fell from War Chant. He, of course, was all sorts of a part of that board of trustees meeting and everything that's going on in Tallahassee, so we'll talk to him about everything there. At 5 o'clock, we've got Edgar Thompson, the Gator beat reporter for Orlando Sentinel. We'll talk all about Gator recruiting and the state of everything going on at the University of Florida. That's our Woolsey Morecam National Cultural Football Report. And at 520, Bucky Brooks. NFL Network and Jaguars sideline reporter to preview Jaguars Bucks. So we've got a 
very full show, Joe. Oh, yeah, Dang. you guys will be busy. Prisco's <laughs> leaving you guys hanging on the holiday Friday? He, I believe, you know, has, I'm sure, shopping to do or something. But, yeah, he'll be back. Scrooge. He'll be back in a couple <laughs> weeks with us, Mia. All right, sounds good. Enjoy. Have fun. Thank you so much. You guys have a Merry Christmas. Right, All right, back you at too. You. Yep, we'll be listening. And then you are uh, heading off. Back up to New Jersey. Yeah. 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 So Catch, catching a flight in a few, in not even a few hours. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's do this right now. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is that little did I realize Bold City Brewery has so much food and so much to offer and so many wonderful patrons coming in and out. We had such a blast here. We will be back again next week. My other takeaway, because we didn't get to it, Tramel Jones of Mandarin named the Class 4M Player of the Year, so he will now advance to the Mr. Florida okay. voting for the entire state. I do like that. I do like that. All right, my takeaway is, is pretty simple, uh, Doug. It's really up to uh, – Trevor, the medical staff, everybody to make sure that he can play. I get the feeling, my takeaway based on what happened today, is that he is going to play. And this football team needs him, and he needs to have a good game uh, and you know, kind of eliminate excuses and make plays. So we'll see whether they can do that or not. We had a great time, like you said, Bold City Brewery. Thanks for hosting us. They are pet friendly as I'm watching this beautiful lab. Golden, golden retriever come in and say hello. Uh, they have one of the young boxers in there as well. So just come on by and make plans to join us next uh, Friday afternoon if you can here at Bold City. JJ's got the anthem rolling as we head into the weekend. Uh, might as well say to everybody out there, all of Duval and beyond, Merry Christmas. Enjoy it. Uh, have fun with your family and friends. Josie, Mia O'Brien from Maddie and Big Surs and JJ, take it away. Come on, Joe. That ain't good enough. You got to set the blood out my mouth. Let's go, baby. Woo!